This is Judge Dredd. I am the law. Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Do you betray the law? Welcome back, everyone, to the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast. And I'm BK. And I'm Andy. Well done. You jumped the shark a little bit on it. It's all right. We're going to keep going. (laughs) And this is our podcast here, where we read, react to, and review the original progs of 2080's Judge Dredd. This episode of the podcast, our 66th episode. Nice. We're going to be reviewing progs 189 through 191. PK, what do you remember about the last time we met? Uh, Judge Jen was just doing some shit. Uh, it was a three-parter. Uh-huh. It was after the cavemen. It was after the cavemen. What happened? I'll give you two words. Oh. Otto Sump. That Otto Sump's ugly clinic. That's right. There was a three-parter about Otto Sump. Making everyone ugly. That's right. It was the new big fad, and mm-hmm. Judge Dredd didn't like it. So Judge that, Dredd didn't like it. So not only the rich can afford to be ugly, because <laughs> of the ugly tax. And that that's the mo- that's the, it's the inverse of reality, right? Like, yeah. it's, you know, only rich people can afford to be beautiful, but, you know, now with filters, anyone can look like anything. Who that's true. Shit, right? Like, um... I can be a fucking anime. I, I saw a filter, or someone using a filter the other day, like a post on Reddit, and it was someone, like, looking, and they looked like fucking shredded like it was a girl and she was like in like workout clothes looked shredded and she walked closer to the camera and turned the filter off and literally the size of her body width like doubled i was like holy cow it's it's it's, it's getting that douchebag french philosopher who once said something about at one point the 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 fake, the the you know <laughs> fake stuff will become more important than the reality. Oh, I mean, I think we're well past that. I think we have maybe half of this country living in something that isn't reality. Honestly, <laughs> um, going on to like virtual reality would become or overtake okay. reality. Okay, okay, fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Bo Burnham has that line about like uh, that whole stand-up bit in his Inside special, which is where he has the guy like, like. Uh, the outside is purely made to create content for what's on the internet. Like that's the only reason. The only <laughs> oh reason, yeah. The only reason existence exists is so we can put it on the internet. Yeah. I so love, we can record it. Yeah. What otherwise? What's the purpose of anything, right? Why? Why would something happen if you didn't take a picture of it? I mean, uh, if I'm gonna get coffee, I'm gonna take pictures of it, whether it's not, <sighs> whether it's decorated or not. I don't even drink coffee, folks. Fuck. I that. don't. I go out of my way not to take pictures of my food this, unless I made it myself. I, and yes. even then, rarely. I mean, I'll, if I make some good ribs. Fuck yeah, I'll take a picture of them good-looking ribs, you know? I'll even arrange them a little nice. Yeah. But, but, but I know people who take pictures of every meal they eat. <laughs> uh, it's a little crazy. I can't it believe it's a little it's a nuts. Um, I think the most amount of social media I have ever had in my life is now, and that's because I have a podcast. Same. <laughs> that, like, that's it. Like, I have an Imgur account. I have podcast network. We have to post our, the shit we're going to say we're going to post. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Um, we're out there, Don. We're out there, Andy. Also, PK, as a... Ooh, what do I want? How do I want to phrase this? Throw back to the rock. No, we're not talking about Don Bluth and John... We'll get the John Goodman reference out of the way right off the bat. We just... For the listeners' references, we just got done listening to Roll Back the Rock. To the Donut Time. <laughs> From the Don Bluth movie, We're Back. Just moments before we started this podcast. Why? I was gifted the, the DVD for my birthday. Yeah. And it's just been going through my head. And I found out it was on Amazon Music. So I was like, you know what I found out, Andy? <laughs> you can ask Alexa to do stuff for you. Alexa, don't listen to us. We're fine. Um, so. That's what we got one of those here. Oh, God. Oh, we got to, because we're at my house this week. Yeah, we're recording at your place for the first time 
Maybe ever? Uh, we did that at my old place one time when I lived with George, when I lived with a fellow friend. Oh, you're wow! We did do that one time. We've been there. doing this podcast for a very long time, Andy. That's kind of crazy now that I think about it. That was what two years ago. Yeah, we started halfway through when I lived there. Yeah, we started in 2020, didn't we? Oh my God! Yes, the time the tr- time of troubles. You know, that's you know great time. To that's start. right, because we were like, shit, there's nothing to do. <laughs> and we got started right before the tr- the troubles really hit. Yeah, we before did it, the lockdown. And then we did it uh, remotely for a while. Yep, remotely for a while. I wanted to, getting back to the original point I was going to make. Yes. I want to uh, tease something for you. I lo- you know how I love to tease people. Yeah, you edge me. We have, oh, <laughs> we have what is going to be, hopefully, my new fag- favorite segment of the podcast coming up. Another the, one? A new, another one. After the, um, the, the Mega City One male womb? I want to start a new one. And okay. So... St- listeners, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. Have people call in. Listeners, stay tuned for a possible new segment that you can participate in. Oh my god! Coming up at the end of this podcast, we okay? Participating in our segment. So, uh, yeah, that might be something fun we can do. It's it's nothing huge, but I thought of a funny idea that might be a cool thing to do. Okay, All right. so that's what we have to look forward to. With that, PK, what say we get into this? Yeah, yeah, let's start. So our first, uh, our first prog today comes from December 6th of 1980. Script is by Alvin Gaunt, which is oh, that's Kevin, a new name. Kevin Gosnell and Alan Grant. Remember, we've had we've seen yeah, these pseudonyms before. Yeah, we've seen these, these uh, pseudonyms. We're yeah. getting a lot of pseudonyms this this week. I don't know why. Uh, artist is Ron Smith. Letters by Tom Frame. Pequay, give me the title of this prog, would you? Judge Dredd and Mega Way Madness. <laughs> <laughs> What's a mega? Was it like a highway in a mega city? Oh, good guess, PK. I'm going to tell you, you are spot on, in fact. All right. It's like a big freeway. So, go for our narration, and then for, uh, I'll describe what's going on here, PK. Four miles above, wow, four miles, that's yeah. fucking high. Put a pin in that, yeah. Wait a minute, have we seen? Yeah, put a pin in that, we're gonna come back to that. <laughs> the first two words have surprised me. <laughs> that's as far as we got, listeners. All right. Four, wa- four miles above ground level on Mega City One's Pan City Highway. We have a married couple, a woman sitting in the back, guy sitting in the front. Uh, she's got kind of like a... Like a, not a veil, but like a bonnet kind of thing going on. I thought it was just like a headband, but... Maybe it's a headband on her hair. Maybe that's it. But it's a, it's a wife, and she's, like, pointing over her husband's shoulder, doing the thing. The, the thing that women did in the 80s. <laughs> and she is saying to the guy, and the guy, by the way, is dead on the inside. <laughs> he is... He, from the look on his eyes, he they are driving to their mother-in-law's house... For the third time His that week. His fucking bushy mustache and just like, fuck me. Oh, God, just kill me. Keep going. Go for her line. George, slow down. You're driving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look at the fuel gauge. It reads empty. Yes, dear. So it does, dear. Oh, my God. PK. <laughs> this is the most sexy PK, <laughs> this is the opening for our frog. I hope you're happy. <laughs> This is fantastic. This I'm is so, amazing. I'm so happy. We move up to this up, uh, middle left up here, uh, and the li- and the line goes up for the lady. First line. Then do something about it, George. Mother's expecting us for dinner in an hour, and we've got 200 miles to go. An hour. An hour, and they have 200 miles to go, and they are going to her mother's house. I fucking guessed on that shit. I forgot if that was actually it. Oh my it. god. Um. I know, dear. I've already punched in a Big Mo request, Big and Mo? we see uh, they're on like an elevated, uh, an elevated freeway. Yeah, lots of cars, but there's like some fucking massive 
thing coming towards them it's, or that they're driving up it's towards. It's like ten times, no, like eight times taller than a car and five times as wide. It's fucking huge. It reminds me of that thing when they were talking about Biden's infrastructure deal. Okay. Uh, they had these, these mock-ups of like, here's what an elevated like highway train would look like. Okay. And it was like this giant... It went over a highway, All right. and it had these staircases on either side of it, and it went over the cars. Interesting. It looked really fucking cool. I'd be all about that shit. Keep rain off the roads as well. Yeah. Because we have our, our roads it was, last it was, longer. It wasn't like the length of a train. It was like yeah. the length of a bus. It, went, like, it was like hooked onto the... Me- Shuttles, the me- basically. Like, kind of yeah, like the bus. medians. It yeah. just flew off. Fuck yeah. I'd, I'd be all, it was well, cool as hell looking. We can't have nice things in this country. Nope. Okay. That got um, voted down. It was cool as hell. So we zoom out now. We have this massive kind of two-page spread, PK. It looks cool. I am a sucker for like bases on wheels. <laughs> Were you I love kid, building my Legos as were, a child. Were you that kid who really wanted the multiple, like Jurassic Park two big? The van two thing? big, yes, yeah, the, the RV, yeah. Every day of my fucking life, <laughs> they made that thing. And they we did both that toy real. Bad. I wanted it so much. Oh yeah, but describe what we got going on here, PK. It's so we big, have this massive. Like I said, it's 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 on the highway, but it's it's floating above the cars. No, it is driving on them. Oh, it's it is driving dri- over top of it's them. It's driving over top of them. Yeah, and it has ladders. It's massive, and it has like a restaurant in the front. Uh huh. It's like a bu- shaped like a bullet, like a giant bullet. Yeah. Um, and it has you got like a helicopter pad in the back with like a like a oh, flying shit. saucer on the landing on it. You've got a mobile service station, car wash. Car sales showroom. There's car sales showroom in there. So it's it's a massive moving sh- block of shops. It's also like a service station. In yeah. It. It's like a moving service yeah, station. Yeah, that's right? right. And it says like car wash, dock here for fuel eats labs, service restrooms. So labs. Lavatory. Labs. Uh, you know, very British saying. Yeah. And there are like robotic grabber arms coming and picking up vehicles off the road as so they're you driving. punching the request to your car. Yeah. It's, it's sent to the thing. Yep. The the workshops yeah. or whatever, and it picks you up off the highway. That's convenient as hell. I that's, like that. That's it, pretty cool. That's right? fucking awesome. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So on our bottom left down here, we have a car getting picked up, and it's not the same couple. It's a different couple, different car. Oh, okay. So Drock, I hate Megway food. Hard luck. I'm starving, and we're gonna eat now. You can complain about like, oh, I'm on this. You know, Ugh. you can eat food while not having to like drive and everything. Fuck it, dude. Um, but I'll read this. I'm going to read this uh, narration block. It's oh, kind of hard to read because it's cut off by yeah. the page turn. I'll get it, though, for us. Big Mo, the citizen's name for the gigantic mobile service stations which cruise the speed routes high above Mega City. From a car wash to a complete engine change, from new brakes to a new body, Big Mo does anything a garage can do at 200 miles an hour. So, so remember... It's like a- it's cool as hell is what it is. It's pretty darn cool. I like this idea. Yeah. And we see that the young couple, or the, not young couple, sorry, the married couple, their car is getting serviced. There's like, oh. a, like a pulley thing going out to them. And uh, Is it like a suction cup? Oh, it's, no, it's like a like it, a fuel, refueling Oh, thing. my God, they're getting refueled while driving. They're getting refueled while driving. Exactly that. It's like the, the airplane kind of thing does, right? So hell yeah. they're driving still, and uh, she, the uh, wife has a line. Tell him to wipe the windscreen as well, George. Yes, dear. Fucking, I lo- I know it's a trope. I know it's a sexist trope, but God damn it, is it funny in this context. <laughs> it's really good in this um, context. But nearby, another bizarre vehicle is going through its paces. Uh, PK, I'm going to have you read for the driver here. Okay. There is 
a fucking dragster going out here. With two sets of back wheels. Two massive racing back yeah. wheels. And on the front of its uh, hood... Road Rash the second. Road Rash two, and there's a guy wearing like a, a like a you know a sport. What's like old the old drivers caps kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, dri- right? just drivers I, cap. Yeah, and he's saying as this Road Rash two is just screaming down the roadway. Um, uh, actually, sorry, you're gonna read. On the re- okay, so go ahead. Over four thirty on the clock, and the torque curves rock steady. You're running cool and clean, Road Rash. I know nothing of what that means. I know. But- <laughs> Uh, I know what torque is. Yeah, but I feel like that was a lot of <laughs> technical jargon. Technical racing. It was race jumbo. jargon. It's like watching Ford versus Ferrari when they just start. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a good movie. Good movie. I but appreciate. Sometimes it. they just throw out car terms. I'm excited for Christian Bale and uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that or not. I have. Um, but no, Road Thor Rash. The God Butcher. Road Rash has a line. Road Rash. The car. Oh my God! Responds. The car talks. I mean, PK, why wouldn't it, right? That's a good, we've seen this before. Why? Here's a question, PK. We've seen the car speak before. Why would you not want a car to speak to you? Uh, it would bitch at me for like not getting a gas or oil. Oh, fair, fair. Like the one I have now does. It's like, no oil. <laughs> They're kind of doing that in a way already. But Road Rash says in response, Sure am, Tam, but when do I get to crash, baby? I want to hear, hear some steel squeal. PK, what's with those eyes? What's going on? That car is crazy. It wants to. It wants to. The car is looking forward to crashing. Yeah. yeah. What's wrong suicide- with that? Well, it has a driver, and he's probably on a public roadway, right? Yeah. You know, that's what you do it's, when no. you. No. What? That's what you shouldn't do. It's bad. I, I don't know what you mean. What could possibly go wrong here, PK? People would die. What's PK? What's going to happen? This car is going to crash in the roadway. Uh huh. And they're going to have to outlaw robot cars now. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Okay, how do you think it relates to the Mobo? The Big Mo, the Big Mo. Is he going to crash into the Big Mo and, and cause like, like, a, like, a, like a death of 5,000? Oh, shit. I mean, these Big Mo's look pretty goddamn huge, maybe not, Okay, maybe like 500. And I, I do want to like specify, the Big Mo looks like a fucking skyscraper turned on its side. It does. It really is fuck, levels high. But, I mean, maybe we'll find out, PK. Let's keep going. The, the driver has a line. Luxury RVs, but like times, oh. like times five thousand. Yeah, times five hundred. Yeah, it's pretty fucking insane. Go for the driver's next line. Cool it, Road Rash. Save the rough stuff for tomorrow's destruction derby. Practice, schmactus. You pro- programmed me to demolish. Uh-oh. And now turning the page, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to do. Just watch me total this crash barrier as the the car veers off the roadway towards a crash barrier. And uh, Tam, the driver, the, the wheel jerks out of his hands as he says, Grud, it's disobeying me. I've programmed it too well. <laughs> and his next line is, Time I banged out. As he pulls a cord over his shoulder. Oh my God, he has an ejection seat. He, his seat ejects out the top of Road Rash 2 as it hits, scrang the, the crash barrier on the edge of the uh, roadway, right? Yeah. You're an ace programmer, Tam, but you got no guts. As bang, he goes flying out the top of it. So now, the car has decided he wants to crash. When yeah. You, you program a car for a destruction derby, derby, and then you take it on the regular roadway, right? Like Yeah, for test, for practice. You know, as one does. PK, have we not had problems with living cars in the past? We have. We have Elvis. Had, I, I don't recall that. I, was there like a four-part prog we read about with a living car? It had a child's brain. It had a child's brain. It wanted it, to play with toys. And it held people hostage on it, live TV and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. On the moon. It was a great time. It was a 
time. It was a different time. It, it <laughs> happened, though. It was Christmas on the moon. It was Christmas on the moon. So now we cur- turn, uh, keep going here. Woo! And uh, Tam is now looking down. His, his ejector seat has a parachute that's deployed. And he's watching as his uh, Road Rash 2 careens Ooh, over oh, the we- edge and lands on top of the Big Mo. Yeah. Woo! Go ahead, his line, sorry. Woo, boy! That maniac said a Big Mo. Good, am I glad I got out. Road Rash landed dead center of Big Mo's control section. Oh, no. <laughs> and we can see it's broken through the kind of, like, there's like a bubble top to the Big Mo, and it's broken through it, and it has a line here. Go for it. Oh, you can go for, you can go for, uh, uh, Road Rash. No, I'm oh, sorry, oh. I'll do, I'll, I've been doing Road Rash, sorry. You do for the Big Mo, which comes up uh. here in a moment. So Road Rash says, Hi there, big boy. Looks like we just joined forces. Welcome to the Destruction Derby. <laughs> to which the Big Mo responds, confusedly. It is forbidden. It's not allowed. I forget. Um, And Road Rash says, Zip the lip, Dumbo. Give me that command circuit. Click. I'm in charge now. As, as a, a little, little, like, audio cable. A little aux cable comes <laughs> out and just clicks in, and that's all it takes. That's the whole... That's the entire <laughs> process of overriding like a big... It's like plugging your guitar into an amp. It's that's literally how easy that. Just, click. And now you got it. Now I control the big... It, wow. So, uh, t- and, and uh, fucking Road Rash <sighs> has a line, time to get rid of some of this dead weight, as it starts removing cars using its grappling arms off the Big Mo. Mm-hmm. Um... And we have a line from the, the wife, if you would. G- George, the grabber! It's gonna drop that car on us! Don't be silly, dear. To which it takes the grabber and it doesn't drop. It fucking punches it down on top of their vehicle, which is made mostly of glass. Yeah, those guys are dead. Uh, George and f- wife Gracie. <laughs> Definitely killed by Big Mo. Uh, oh, Road Rash, either way. Um... And uh, fucking Tam has a line as he's watching this happen. Good, am I really glad I got out of that thing. <laughs> like, Boy, am I glad I called that guy. Whew, man, that almost was real bad for me. <laughs> like, dude, come on. People fucking dying right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, as, as it goes careening diagonal through several highways and lanes. It's crossing across multiple lanes. Smashing cars. That was real fun. Now to get some, now to get down to some real metal mashing as it's like running over vehicles. Crump, wham, crash. However, on the next page, Judge Dredd was on Pan City Highway traffic surveillance duty. And we have a judge bay. He's sitting in on his lawmaster. Oh, okay. And, you know, we've seen this before in different That's parts right. of the comic where they have like, different like judge access That's ports. right, the, 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 the access things. Yep. And Th- so that he's go sitting from in highway one. to highway that only judges can use. Yep. And he's sitting in one as just careening by. Bang, crump, boo. The Big Mo explodes by. Big Mo having trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey. You know, Big Mo having trouble. Big Mo having what trouble. What a fucking underreaction. I love that line. <laughs> Big Mo having trouble. Like, hmm, my, that's, corn's, ah. corn's getting mighty tall. That's, <laughs> that's the kind of shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, So, Big Mo vehicles carried their own emergency mechanics. We see now there's a crew, of, like a crew of three gentlemen, all wearing kind of the service uniforms. Yeah. Uh, they're scaling a ladder up the side of the Big Mo. And on the outside, very dangerous. Yep, on the outside, and Dredd is pulled up alongside them on his lawmaster, and uh, he has a, a line, a, like, out of a radio on one of their backs. That's right, he's talking to the, yeah. Dredd's t- voice comes out of it. Dredd to repair squad, what's your problem? Road Rasher crashed in and taken control! 
That's what I never thought I'd have to say, Judge Dredd. <laughs> you know, typical Tuesday. We've got temporary personality override. No problem. We'll have it out in a few minutes. Uh, you get to the top of it. Oh my God, PK. <laughs> no and, problem. Uh, ain't no way you're gonna use those pliers on me, Tech Boy. Says Road Rash as the three are on top of the Big Mo now, overlooking the crash. Uh, and below we from the radio we hear Dreaded Squad, look out! As what happens, PK? I you see behind... What's in the background of their first... Oh, shit! It's a tunnel! <laughs> They're going under an overpass. Oh, my God! And it I is thought a, they, got, they got smashed down by something. Well, they did, but... It's a low overpass. They get fucking... Uh, flattened! Speed. They get speeded, oh basically. My God, yeah. They get splatted, and they are fucking pasted on the top of this goddamn thing. they look thing. like fucking outlines. Yeah, that splat! And it's all wet and shit. It's fucking dark. Dread now on the radio... This is Judge Dredd. All citizens evacuate Big Mo at once. Fucking how? Uh, Jump off? At 200 miles an hour? You want to know what's going to happen? You get turned into meat. Yeah. You, get, you turn into meat. Holy you were on asphalt. They had those handheld parachutes to jump off the in, highway. In, okay. For five miles up. Uh, you're, okay. You are diving off of a, a speeding fucking cruise liner that's going 200 miles an hour over asphalt over a four mile drop. But if I'm near the edge, I can jump off the edge and steady myself on the way down to the earth I... with my handheld parachute. If you, okay, PK aside, if you lived in Mega City 1 and you regularly frequented up that high, would you just wear like a backpack that's a parachute all the time? Oh yeah. Like th that's like- Everyone should. Like without a doubt. At least a fanny pack. Or if they have jetpacks, Wear a fucking jetpack. They had all the, the jetpack way back when Cal built the concrete curtain. They had jetpacks. Well, the Exomen had jetpacks. The Exomen have jetpacks. So it's not unheard of, I think. But it's just not the most common thing. Yeah, it's not as common as I think it should be in this setting. But Dread tells everyone to jump off. What are you gonna do? Now Dread rides up to the front of the big mo and kicks one of its fucking headlights out with his with his foot at 200 miles an hour. It's a little dangerous, right? Well, it is swerving around and shit, uh, Okay, right? it might be down to 100 miles an hour. Still way too fast. Um, this is gone. Just casually kick it. Hey! 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 Stop! This has gone far enough. Big Mo vehicles carry hundreds of tons of high explosive fuel. Don't tell it that, Judge Dredd. Uh... <laughs> Why would you tell it that? He's telling us that! You know? Yeah, but <laughs> this is actually a nuclear bomb that we use to get from play point A to point B. Oh, my this God. This is the vehicular equivalent of, like, a like a pressure cooker. Like, you know? Well, every like, space shuttle has that much fuel, so... A space shuttle goes to space. Yeah. It's and it's nice. also, like, kind of... If it blows up, it's kind of in space. You know? Yeah. Um, But Dread continues, So I daren't blast it. Remember that, PK? He daren't blast it. I daren't blast it. Put a pin in that? Put Put a pin in that, if you would. Um, there's only one way to get it safely off the highway. So you want to play Destructo Derby? Okay, start with this, creep, as Dread kicks out a headlight. PK, you, you sound like... Why should you put a pin in it if he says not to blast it? Like, why... He's gonna blast it later. What? What? No, he just said, <laughs> I can't blast it. Yeah, but he's gonna forget, and it's... I mean... The writers are gonna forget. <laughs> <laughs> PK, it's just one prog. It's like six pages. Yeah. Are you saying this has happened before? Yes. Uh, where has this happened at, BK? Oh my god, where did it happen? It I, was... I can tell you exactly where. It Was it in space? Uh, not that I recall. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me, first off the bat, was when he was fighting Call Me Kenneth 
on the giant like oh my balloon God. ship that's that right. carried. Oil. I can't shoot it. It's full of oil from Texas City. And then immediately Ailey shoots, shoots it. it. <laughs> like the next page. So that's exactly what I was thinking. That's of. exactly what I went to. So now let's see where we go. PK Dread, however, screeches away and pulls on an off ramp away from the Big Mo. Right. Right. And uh, Road Rash, I'm going to have you start reading for him because I, I don't want to read for him and Dredd. Right. So go for Road Rash. Hey, competition. Come here, judgy boy. I'm going to demolish ya. As Dredd screech, tr- takes a hard right. It's worked. It's coming for me. And now... Better jump off my bike. As terrified citizens leapt clear of the careening metal monster, and we see, like, it's got, like, these grabber claws, like, almost like a... a like a like a land... A bulldozer. Like a landfill kind of grabbing claw kind of thing. Like a backhoe or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, we it still the, have to, is the scanning... The, uh, the scan is, isn't very good. Okay, it's I was wondering of, if it was my copy. It's it's broken up a good. It's not a very good scan, unfortunately. Okay. But Tam, we can still see in the closed foreground, is still falling with his goddamn parachute he's, ejector seat. Well, it is four miles in the air. Uh, he's got a long time to fall. Go for his line here, PK. Yo, is there oxygen up that high? Put a pin in oh, that. Okay. Uh, he's shaking his fist, though, as Tam is falling. <laughs> good! He's taking out a judge! This is better than a front row seat to the world championship. Come on, Road Rash, mash him. Dude, you <laughs> so gotta calm down. He's cheering How have on. have you not fallen yet? He's cheering on the fucking He's a, Well, crash. everyone in Mega City 1 is a, like, toddler. 30% dumber. Yeah. And we all weren't great to begin with. <laughs> um, so now, however, PK, what's Judge Dredd driving towards? A uh, gigantic tunnel funnel. Mm-hmm. What does it say above it? Can you read it? It says, no road. Access to lower sixty, lower level 69 condemned. It is 59, in fact. Oh. Uh, <sighs> and he is going down his... Nice. Nice. Pretty nice. But it's this giant, like... It almost looks like a sinkhole that he's going down. It's really creepy. Okay, so... this Is it in front of him or is it below him? It's it's going down. Almost okay, like a slide. so it's like a water slide. Yeah, it's kind of like... It looks like a giant cement water slide, almost, that he's going down. And he says, just oh, a ticket. I love water slides. I... I don't know if I told you this or not. My fiance and I just booked our uh, oh, our Disney honeymoon, trip. our honeymoon for Disney, and it turns out there is an entire section of like one of the Universal parks that is just a massive colossal water park that I didn't know existed. And I'm like, that's gonna be a day. That's gonna be Hell a whole yeah, day at a water park. I love water parks. Me too. Roller dude. coasters. We should, go, we should go to Michigan Adventure this summer. I. Can't because I'm saving up for a re- for a goddamn wedding. You're right. But also, I fucking love Michigan's Adventure. For those of you who don't know, there is a a knockoff, uh, you know, Cedar, state Cedar Point. Uh, I, think, I think the water. I think the water park in Michigan Adventure is better than the water park at Cedar Point. I've never been to Cedar Point. I love Michigan's Adventure though. It's. I've never the, been to Cedar, the, Point. Cedar Point itself. Really good. Okay. The water park not as good as Michigan Adventure. I I I've, I told you my favorite story. My my best day of my life was that's where I, right. I was there when it was empty. When you saw the titties. Uh, I saw titties that day. It was a good day. Um. Anyway, Red <laughs> is driving down this this giant like fu- uh, hole funnel as a metal grabber claw rears up over his head and uh, Road Rash is saying. Eat metal, judgy. And the, the the hand, the claw, comes streaking down and hits the concrete as Dredd swerves around. He does like the drive up the side of the wall thing. Hell yeah. To avoid it. Like a fucking, like a, like a carnival when you go, they had the guys in the metal sphere. He met in blacks it. Yeah. He, he goes around, up and around. Uh, no, you chew concrete, he says, as the, the metal hand crash. Um, I think that there's something kind of cool here, isn't it? Like, it looks kind of like a mouth. Like they've almost given it a personality. Yeah. Like they've given it, given it a face. Yeah. So we have a face to our villain. Uh-huh. 
And now, Dread, as he comes out of that tunnel, he, like, veers off to the left. And we can see kind of crumbling buildings in the background. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Road Rash has a line. You smash my grammar! Come back here! Come and get me, has been. Um, and Dread, he rides over the edge of a, like, a lip, basically. Or, like, edge of a road. Okay. And he drops onto a lower road. Like, a nearby running road kind of thing that runs, runs parallel. Yeah. Uh, he drops down safely. And Road Rash says... Has been for that I'm going to. As it zooms out into the open air with a giant fucking question mark above its head and like a huh? Like a fucking Metal Gear Solid. Or like uh? <laughs> And Dread looks up, you're going alright. As the fucking Roadliner PK goes. Did he launch it over the edge of the, the Mega Way? Yeah, he fucking did. Yo, don't people live below that? Why, why would that be a problem, PK? Because I think of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> what a reference! PK, put a pin in that, if you would. Because okay. we're going to have a lot more references to stuff Dude, like I've that. Dude, I've spent most of my life since 1997 thinking about the the pizza. The pizza. The, the plates, man. And the, <laughs> I really enjoyed... The rotten pizza that shouldn't have built. I fucking really liked the, the remake of that game. I'm so glad you did, because you, you did not play it in your youth. I didn't. Just, I missed out on it. It was before my time. I remember you were time. calling me about something. It's like, what's with the fucking cat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, what is with the cat? I was like, oh my god. Is, is there not, a thing? There is a, there, the, the cat is a thing. Okay. The cat is a thing. He is a thing. He that is a character. That explains everything. <laughs> That explains everything I needed You've to know. You've met the cat, ironically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You've met... The cat is controlled by someone who you have met in the game. Okay. Um, it is a robot. Okay. Let's get back to Judge Dredd. Okay. I, I want to talk about this. You've met the character this. controlling the robot, who is the mole who helps out Avalanche from inside Oh, Shinner. the Wheatley guy, whatever his name is. No. Win Winsley, the guy with no. the, the red thing on his shoulder. Different guy. All right, cool. Never mind. <laughs> I I need to play the first game, but also I'm kind of terrified because of those games haven't aged very well. One, and they're thirty hundred hours long. They're all very long, and the graphics haven't aged well. And I'm not a fan of RTS, which is like all the like the the well, it's, trifecta of shit that I don't really care. It's turn based, so that helps. I don't like turn based. Sorry, okay, sorry. you I don't like, like RTS. I don't like uh, turn based RTS. Okay, so my bad. But this fucking. Big Mo goes over the edge and is going plummeting down. And we can see it's a long... Yeah, dude, there are skyscrapers under us. Yeah, like tall skyscrapers the underneath stratoscrapers. us. stratoscrapers. Stratoscrapers, indeed. And Dread, uh, Dread finishes the line. He says, you're going down. You're going all right. Two miles straight down. Because obviously they took they took the exit ramp and went down quite a ways. Yeah, so, so Judge Dread like, took it and like just went down to the next... Level, and, and he went careening off it. Level 59 is condemned. And, uh, that's right. right. So maybe there's just some hobos down there that'll die. Who cares about them, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> that was a lot. That was a response. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to land directly under it. It looks like he's going off at an angle. It's going to land like in a park with a bunch of kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the aim for the chill. Uh, I'm not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> the, the Big Mo Road Rash has a line, though. Hey, bad scene. <laughs> Hey, bad scene. Hey, bad scene. There's a song called uh, Bad Scene, Everybody's Fault by Jawbreaker. I like that song. I've never heard this song. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, but now, deep down in the city below, what do we see, PK? Uh, level 59, condemned, keep out. There's a sign. As a hobo. Nope. 
Uh, oh, it's it's okay. I thought it was a tent with the man coming out. <laughs> I thought you were dead on. No, 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 no. no. It's it's the guy, the, the Tam, oh, Tam, the driver. Uh, finally lands at yep. level fifty nine. Go for his line. Good miles from anywhere, but at least I'm safe. Miles from anywhere. That's good. Cause, yeah. Because. Because why? I think the the fucking roadliner. <laughs> not roadliner. It's close to a roadliner. It though. is though. It looks this the is same a as a roadliner. Big mo. Big mo. Yeah. Big mo is about to land on top of him. Go for it. Miles from anywhere, but at least I'm safe. Just hope they don't trace that wreck to me. To which he looks up, and PK, the Big Mo is like directly over fucking top How of him. How did you not and see that? Road Rash has the line. Hey, Tam, you just missed a neato race, baby. <laughs> no! As the fucking Big Mo just whoom. We have this colossal whoop explosion that's made out of like metal it looks cool it's like made of yeah the 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 text is made out of like metal sheets it reminds me of parts reminds me of the transition scenes in the new uh in the new suicide squad movie oh the suicide squad yeah different like installation art pieces that line up it's fucking awesome uh but this massive explosion goes off pk you have the narration go for it there can be only one outcome when you play destruction derby with judge dread and uh we now see dread looking down over just a fucking crater crater in the middle of the city go for it big mo found that out the hard way next frog pk the loony's moon Put a pin in that. That is incorrect. That's actually a scan error. The the next prog is, in fact, not Looney's Moon. That's one of those times where we have, like, an incorrect next setup. Okay. So, let's go over this, shall we? All right, yeah, let's talk about what we just fucking saw. (laughs) So... Settings and places. Mega C1 has a Pan City Highway that runs four miles above ground level, which is, there is oxygen there. For instance, Everest is five and a half miles above ground, above sea level, so it is possible to have air. It'd be very thin, but you would have air. I just, I knew a person who went hiking in, in Colorado, up okay. in the mountains, and well, this is a sad story, I just realized. They had, they were pregnant and had a miscarriage because the baby... Could you give them oxygen? Yeah. Holy sh... Why is our life like this, dude? Fuck. Yeah. That's... F- okay. Even worse, it was my mom. Oh! <laughs> listeners, hey, if you... Now you, you learned something today, take that with you for the rest of your life. Holy shit, that's fucking rough. I would have had sorry. an older brother. An older or younger? Older. I would have had an older brother, too. Man. Maybe they're hanging out like us. Maybe they're maybe they're having a stupid podcast yeah. <laughs> about... I don't know what. Maybe whatever science... Uh... T- uh... D- uh... D- Captain Miracle, another famous British comic. Uh, or Miracle Man. Not Miracle Man. Man. All right. Um, but no. So the, the Pan City Highway that runs four miles above ground level, for reference, the world's tallest building, for example, is the Burj Khalifa. In uh, it's only, Dubai? Yes, in Dubai. It's the world's tallest building right now. How tall would you say in miles? I think it's a mile. Half a mile. Half a mile. So this is four miles up. Well, to be fair, they showed the buildings very far under it. I I honestly like four like, times smaller. I kind of love this idea. I love I it. Do it too. reminds me of Ravnica. Like, do you remember Ravnica? Yeah. Like, I remember reading I have the, Ravnica. I have the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica in my room right now. Really? Yeah. I fucking love the fact that you can just, like, keep going down and down and down. It, it's it, all the best parts of, like, Dark Souls games. Where you're just it like, oh, it me keeps going down. Of a, of a, of a, of a Hive City in, oh, in Warhammer 40k. I love Hive City stuff. I love, I, do, I love this. Like, just as big underground as they are above ground. That was my one thing, like, one kind of complaint about Cyberpunk is that I really wish that Night City had more dense depth. layers to it. Maybe like, 
in the DLC. I just, I mean, I would want it to be part of the open world. If, like, you just keep going yeah. down and there's more. I don't and know. And you find the three fingers and they grab you. <laughs> that was my experience in Cyberpunk, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I got grabbed a couple of times. I was just, you know, me oh, and Keanu gee. Reeves. I had the bad ending. All right. Um, also, settings and places. A l- lower level 59 of Mega City 1 is condemned. More on this later. Characters. We have George and his wife. Uh, we had them. Uh, we had them for a bit. They were a dissatisfied a married couple. A typical British dissatisfied, dissatisfied married couple. We're going to see my mother! Oh, of course, right? Yes, dear. 200 miles. Oh, God. It only takes an hour if you're going 200 miles an hour, right? I said it takes an hour and well, 200 miles away. So. Future time. Future time. Um, characters, we also have Tam, programmer slash builder slash driver of Road Rash A 2. man of many hats. Ironically, he had a nice hat. He had a nice hat. Until um, he got crushed to death. You gotta have a switch for that personality. You, you gotta, do. You really you have need to a have, switch. You have to have the kill switch. You and really it can't do. be something like the, the, the personality can control. A, a theme that you're gonna experience over this next couple of progs, PK, this episode of the podcast... A lot of technology we're going to be talking about, okay? Oh, I love the technology in Judge Dredd. Oh, boy, do we have some technology to talk about. Uh, I dropped a spanner into the robot. He's alive (laughs) and evil. (laughs) Let's go into detail about that, shall we? Is that how robots work? Um, (laughs) Items technology of note. We have Big Mo's, gigantic mobile service stations that cruise the speed uh, way routes high above Mega City 1 at 200 miles an hour. Included in their services are car washes, car maintenance, helipads, car sale showrooms, restaurants, restrooms. They are equipped with human emergency staff and mechanics and giant ro- grabbing robotic claw arms to pick up vehicles. And, uh... Oh, yeah! Hundreds of tons of high-explosive fuel, dear lord. Yeah. Like, that might be a problem, but, you know, we have... It's, it's cyberpunk. It's unchecked corporate capitalistic That's greed. right. So, so, of course, they're going to make a very unsafe... Uh, uh, but makes a lot of money. Lucrative, big mo. I was thinking about this the other day, like the fact that how our our current real life world is so, especially in America, because policy is so slow to get enacted. And like, by the time we have AI, like Uh-oh. true AI, and, and and people cybernetically augmenting themselves with guns and shit, it's gonna be too late. Like it'll be everywhere before a law is ever passed about it right like, yeah it's gonna just it's go it's gonna be too far to, too far to rain in yeah like especially with our our civilization it's, it's yep. crazy to think by about. the time like okay no one can have gun arms anymore half half, half the people who want them will have them yeah and they'll say you can't take my arm <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we are um also item technology of note we have road rash 2 a demolition car with a personality designed to destroy don't see how this could go wrong Come back to that. Um, terrible slang, made up words, judged red one-liners. Over 430 on the clock and torque sur- s- uh, torque curves rock steady. You're running cool and clean, Road Rash. I wrote down, I'm not even going to bother Googling any of this. Because I don't want that it's in just, my algorithm. It's, like, Yeah, it's just racer jargon. It's, it's racing jargon. I do like the running cool and clean because I think of Metallica. Yeah. All yeah, right. It's good shit. Um, also, I love the line, you're going all right. Two miles straight down. But I do lo- the line that I honestly don't know why I didn't write down is the Big Mo having trouble. <laughs> like <laughs> going by the side, like by, Big Mo having trouble. Big Mo's having trouble. I guess I better go check that out. <laughs> it's like I wish that police officers responded less like that and more actually like, oh, we got to help these people out in our real world. Um, world building. So initially, 
I was ready for Dredd to find some way to defeat the Big Mo without blowing it up, silly me. Me too. Um, I thought he was going to climb on top and, you know, Yeah, you know, Indiana Jones some shit, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe it comes to a, a stop on the on the Mega Way. Like, but no. Wait, like, when you he say... He fucking Wile E. Coyote's that shit. Like, when you say... Okay, when you say, hey, the giant monster is filled with poisonous blood... I expect, okay, we have to beat it out hand-to-hand robot style, not use the giant sword. And then you use the, the giant, giant sword. sword. I'm like, okay, fair, all right, whatever. Um, well, to be fair, they pretended like this highway is really high up, but I thought when I first read this, like, something's going to fall off. Uh, Yeah, it's rare that we have anything that happens on those without something falling off, yeah, it's right? Like they introduce this thing, like, very high, very tall highway. And Something's going to fall off that highway, isn't and, it? But then I Chekhov's was- highway. <laughs> Chekhov's highway. And then I was ready to chastise him for blowing it up moments after he told us it was full of full, full of explosive fuel. But then I did notice the signage for level 59, which is, it is condemned. condemned. So now... And also, there wasn't that big of an explosion. It was, like, it was a pretty big explosion from way down uh, there, Ah, that's right? a good point. It was, it was like, I, I keep getting vibes down. of Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Uh, you know how he falls in... The... The... No, yeah. This is a fucking bomb being detonated. Um, now... I feel like every time you and I sh- are shown just the briefest glimpse of the lower city within Mega City 1, things get way cooler, you know? I agree. Like, like when we fought the Trogies or when the Homo Tyrannosaurus Rex escaped into the der- derelict buildings, okay. I can't believe that's a sentence I have to say, but like, I really we saw feel this, like... He was in like the old abandoned, condemned part of the city. Yeah, like the old ruins people, like, like that guy was going through. Dread killed that guy, by the way. Uh, absolutely. I really feel like we are getting a better sense of how sprawling and deep Mega City 1 and is. And dense is yeah. at, in some parts. I love it. I love... We talked about fucking Midgar. I love Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII for the world building of Midgar. Um, when I was playing that remake, and I first looked up... Because I, I played that game as a child like, yeah. all a million times. You don't really get that, that scope. Yeah. That fucking... That, the that, sense of scale. Yeah, the scale of yeah. it all. But when you're playing the remake, you look up and you see that's the plate. Holy shit. Like, you feel like an ant and you how? feel like, Barrett's right. <laughs> that is some bullshit. <laughs> My question for you is, because I never played the original, how much of the original game takes place in that first section of Midgar? How long are you there? Hour? Mm. Two hours? Three. Three hours? About three hours. Okay. Do you spend much time in the lower or upper plate? Is it mostly lower plate? It's I'm mostly guessing. lower plate. You don't go to the upper plate at all, except for the except for the Midgar uh, headquarters. God damn. Yeah. So wow, we spend a lot of time. I've I've loved this guy on uh, on YouTube. I've followed named Maximilian Dude. Oh, I like that guy. He is the biggest Final Fantasy Seven nerd in the world, and I'm watching his let's play of when the game finally came out because it was the most important thing in the world to him. And he's yeah. like, it's just he's like every five minutes he's like, I gotta. I'm just gonna calm myself down and not cry right now. Like he's like literally having time of his life. Chris O'Neill, he did some streams of it. Yeah, and he put him up on his YouTube channel. And he's a big Final Fantasy VII guy too. Oh, and he's like talking about like I just he's like I don't want to play it on my YouTube channel because it holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> but I'll do it on a stream. <laughs> and of course, in classic Chris O'Neill fashion, he was just joking the whole time. He's like. I got a poteon. Oh my god! <laughs> like his girl from there, she's like, "What's a what's a poteon?" He's like, "You're gonna feel so dumb." <laughs> Chat, make fun of her. I love the fact that like the apparently the one thing in Final Fantasy Seven that like just like emotionally destroys people is the music, the the soundtrack. Nobuo Uematsu's fucking conducting fucking music is it, perfect. In I mean, way. I was getting teared up while playing it. I'm like, this is some um, insane Tifa's theme, Air theme, uh, Genova. 
all oh, of One it. Winged Angel. The open world theme. Yeah. Uh, all, I mean, One Winged Angel holds a special place in my heart, even not being a Final yeah. Fantasy VII super fan. Um, but no, I just wanted to say that, like, looking at Mega City 1 in this way, in the same way as you would look at Midgar, Mega, yeah. I really brings me back to living when I was living in Chicago and feeling like I could disappear into the teeming millions and the, the infrastructure and just never be seen in the day light of, light of day again. Like, you could live your whole life and never see Topside. Like, it's kind of crazy to think about. I was watching this little mini-documentary on YouTube about uh, interior cities, indoor cities, and how they're becoming... That's like the next, like the next big step for for city planning, mm. and how there's like there's gonna be like massive underground walkways with shops and malls and you everything. Just never and have you never to... go outside. It's effectively mega blocks. Yeah, it's it's effectively a mega block where you can be born, live, and die in a mega block. They'll have block. underground trans transit. They'll yeah. have you know you can like like bike lanes underground. <clears throat> like might as well fuck it. You right? know... <laughs> okay, so it's been. A while since we've seen a car given human intelligence. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, Andy, I, it has. I'm thinking back to Prague 5356 about Elvis, Elvis too. right? Yeah, Elvis part one through four, because that's uh, how many there was. Was um, it the car named Elvis or Elvis too? It was just Elvis. It was just Elvis. Okay. And but this does bring a reoccurring question I have. I'm thinking back of Frankenstein up. too. Yeah, we had Frankenstein two. And we had because he made people look like a like a like a jelly baby. That's right. His original Frankenstein looked like a jelly, jelly baby. baby. Uh, oh my god! And then there was another Frankenstein, different Frankenstein. We've yeah. had that twice. Um, but no, this is a recurring question I have. PK, Road Rash Two definitely has a personality. Yes, it's it's chaotic. It's violent. And uh, it's a Elvis, smash. Elvis had a personality. Yes, it uh, was a child. The Big Mo has a personality. It seemed to have like a like a. Because he got crashed In Mass into. Effect terms. I'm okay. going to use this between AIs right. and VIs. Ooh, what's that? A virtual intelligence and an artificial intelligence. Are you talking like ED versus like the the uh, Reapers or whatever they are? No, no. ED is an AI. Okay. Full-blown AI. Okay. But a virtual intelligence is like those things at the stores are like, here's oh. here's what we remember about you. Gotcha. Kind of like a Google search engine of... of it's of, it's it, a it's, rudimentary it's, AI. Yeah. Okay. It's not a full advanced enough to start thinking on its own. Okay. But it's great at recording data. Okay. And and remembering data. So So I think that's, that's fair. I think a VI is the big mo, which is like I like to service people. Yeah. It's my job. Can't go crazy. Whereas an AI is like uh uh what's it called? Something to the car. Uh Elvis or No, or, no, uh, the new car. Uh, the one uh, we just Road read. Rash. Road Rash 2. Okay. Which is like I want to I want to go insane and I'll create new ways to go insane. But that's that's his whole thing is crashing. He's programmed to crash. So he's, isn't he just following his programming? That might be true too. It might be just a bit of the bad VI versus a good VI. <laughs> I think these are artificial intelligences because okay. we haven't we haven't specified otherwise. But that brings up another another question we've had before though, which is does Judge Dredd's Lawmaster bike or Judge bikes count as robots? I don't know yet. They have personalities. They have quips. They have sarcasm. Yeah. Are they robots? And we've seen so many artificial intelligence vehicles. Why would theirs not be? Like, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Like, maybe they're... Maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe, that like, vehicles have VI and robots have, have AI. AI. I don't like know. Like, Walter, AI. But yeah. The, but the Lawmaster, VI. Because we, it hasn't expressed any opinions. It's never. It's it just made some snarky comments. Yeah, on and its followed own. orders. Yeah, it, it knows it knows better than not to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I I really do 
I really, it's a silly question. I know we brought it up before. I really do hope we get answers to this question somewhere down the road. Me too. With 40 years, I feel like we'll get something. At some point in time, I just want Judge Dredd to be like sitting at a, like a stoplight and like look over at a hot dog vendor and his bike goes, you want one? <laughs> like, like, I just want like some kind of like little thing to happen between I them. I would appreciate that. I'll yeah. admit. And Dred's like, I have to erase your memory now. No. Just takes <laughs> a magnet and starts dragging it over the bike. Oh, just fucking rips the memory bank out. No, you die. <laughs> um, death count for this issue. We uh, have three mechanics on the Big Mo are flattened a la speed style by a low hanging overpass. Yep. George and his wife are crushed to death by the Big Mo uh, yep. grabbing hand. And uh, Tam, Tam is killed by, by Big Mo. Mega City One's most deadly plot device, irony. When Road Rash <laughs> 2 and Big Mo land on top oh of him. Oh my god, it is. And I'm so certain. So many people died to irony. I am. So, oh, it's the most dangerous. The giant judge statue that fell on the guy it's, with the it sword. Is, it is. Ironic or poetic justice is the major killing factor of bad guys in these in this world. I maybe love even it. all comic books. I mean, maybe even all comic books. <laughs> I don't know about all comic books. Nah, probably definitely not. Judge Dredd. But definitely Judge Dredd. Um, also, there has to be some casualties on the roadways. Oh yeah, as we well as massive pileups. People maybe living down in the derelict part of the city, perhaps like squatters. You know, like I'm sure there's got to be somewhere down there. Fucking a. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Do you have anything else you want to bring up for this prog? I just want to talk more about how Grand Jury Roadrunner. I like the little... <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy VII. I'm glad we talked about too. it, too. Um, do you own that game? The yeah. Remake, the remake? The, oh, yeah. Do you own the original? Yeah. I know that PS5 isn't backwards compatible, is it? No. Because there, there, there's a big thing well, about whether or not... PS4 games, it might be, but not PS3 games? Not PS3 and back. There's, in fact, there's a big thing about whether or not they're going to about to announce uh, PlayStation backwards compatibility ac across, like, all their old games. Like, basically introduce, like, an entire PlayStation library of those oh, old games. That'd be pretty awesome. Because cool. there's some PS3 games, because I know they said the PS3, we, we don't know what we were doing when we built that thing. <laughs> it's like, we, they're so mishandled. There are games we cannot put on the PS5. Yeah, they didn't understand. I saw the beams are like, brother, you built the machine. It's like... <laughs> My brother in Christ. It's like, holy shit, guys. And there was a guy, I remember, like, Mark Cerny or whatever his name was at the time. He was like, uh, the the last director or CEO of the games was like, uh, time, to try and, time to triangle is not an important thing. Which is basically how long it takes for developers to make a game. Which is how long for them to, to, to time to develop the tri triangles. Okay. So that build up everything, right? Right. Like, time to time triangle, we don't have to care about. I'm like, well, the problem was there was no games for your system because it took so no long, long to, to make them. Yeah. And he's like, I understand what he was saying. But at the same time, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, disagree. no, no, you're wrong. Also, the PS3, I'll admit, my least favorite PlayStation by a huge margin. Oh, same. Absolutely. Xbox 360 was so much better. Uh, everyone, I think, I think, I would say the, the vast majority of us the arc was PlayStation Asian, 2, Xbox 360, 360 PlayStation, PlayStation 4. <laughs> I mean, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Like we are. I mean, <laughs> we got friends. So, uh, PK, you ready to move on? Yes, sir. You can take a break? No, I'm good. All right. Let's go to Prague 190, which was released December 13th, 1980. Script by T.B. Grover, John Wagner, and Alan Grant. Uh, artist is Emberton. 
Emberton. That's we a have, new... We have heard that before, and you know why? why? It's a pseudonym for fucking Ian Gibson. Oh, that shit, our golden, Gibson. Our golden boy is back. The golden child's back. Yes, he's back. And letters by Tom Frame. Oh, PK, wow. let's start off with the Nightmare Gun. Okay. <laughs> PK, go what? for it. We got the Nightmare Gun. Go ahead, PK. Okay, so what do we, got? Um, we have some aliens and the then and <laughs> the kingpin on the highway. Uh, there is a large man in a in a suit driving a a bubble vehicle, and next to him are a couple of uh, elephant people. Yeah, yeah, with like, like, with like tusks, like warthog they have, tusks. They have tusks and they have like a, an elephant nose. Uh, go for the narration here, PK. Night and and on Mega City One, Jack Elam Elam. Yep. Elam Speedway murder. <laughs> you almost made it. Murder was about to be committed. Uh, go for the narr- uh, the line here, PK. These are elephant people. Go for their line. Got a present from Big Googie Rocco. <laughs> and the Rocco, the, the, the human in the car next to them, no doubt. Grow wipeout squad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> PK, we are. What's the first panel? You ready for this shit? What's going on? What's happening? Okay, so these are gangsters. It's okay. A, it's a hit. Okay. It's, it's you know, they're taking a, down the, the kingpin, the big man. It's a Grawl Wipeout Squad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and PK. they're hired by Big Oogie to kill Rocco. PK, we got six pages. We got a lot of ground to cover. Okay? So, we don't have time to set up stuff. We're going. We're already, we're cooking. We are... <laughs> Everything we hit the starts. ground. Start running. We hit the ground at the fifty, like fifty meter, like fifty mile mark. We're going. We're already moving. So, go for the narration. Continue on. The grud, the gun spat once to Rocco Zilch. It seemed as if a to Rocco Zilch. It seemed as if a trap door had been opened in the blackest pit of his soul. And this uh, elephant uh. man, who's got like a cool mohawk thing with hair, uh, like he's got like cool pauldrons and shit on. He holds out. He looks like the the bad guy from Ninja Turtles, Rocksteady. No, yeah. no, a Bebop. Bebop is the warthog. Uh, Rocksteady is the rhino. He looks a little Bebop-ish. I'll give you that. But he holds out a weird science science fiction gun. Yeah, sci-fi and gun. What happens, BK? It shoots bubbles that contain fucking gremlins. <laughs> well, these little things that are in the bubbles. Aha! They look like kind like little insects with fangs, kind of. That's true. They look like they have shrimp bodies. Yeah, and they have. Kind arms weird. with just like hooks at the end of them for hands. Yeah. And they have like these fanged faces and yeah. overbites. Uh, Rocco is just like looking up. I would too. Uh, it's pretty creepy. Um, PK, this is the nightmare gun. Okay. Go go for our narration bottom left over here. It It is difficult to say whether the violent heart attack which, which sees Rocco Zilch had killed him before or after. Before his car slewed into an uncut... Incoming moped. In any case, the result was the same. Uh, and the, you know, so he did. They want to know if he died before he hit the moped or. Oh, a mobile house. We have a moped. I bag. forgot what that was. Yeah, welcome, good buddy. Good buddy, put a pin in that. We're coming back to that. But the, the two aliens, <laughs> as Rocco goes careening, hands off the steering wheel into the side of a moped that says Jones's Mobi- Mobile, and there's a guy like a dad behind it. Crazy fool, as he's Crazy like veering fool. away. As it causes a pileup, a, a crash is happening. Yeah. And, it doesn't um, look too bad, though. It just looks like a... I mean, it doesn't look like... 
Too bad yet. This is the front of the crash. Uh, that's Remember, true. 200 miles an hour. Oh, God. That could be a problem. Go for the narration up uh, next page, upper left. It would have been the perfect crime had the killers not turned to admire their own handiwork. As both as the, they both do the, the Grawl are doing the rubberneck, and they're like, oh. <laughs> and what happens, PK? Next panel over. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they hit the F. Lloyd Mansney scheme sign. They hit a sign, they hit and a... they flip over. Smash! Look out! They're on two wheels, and they do that. They... they and the sign, the sign reads F. Lloyd Masny Scheme. M-A-Z-N-Y. Masny Scheme. I don't know who that is or who the other name was. We're going to learn more. PK. Jack Elam. Jack Elam we're going to learn more about. That's a celebrity mention. We don't know. Yeah. Um, I figured it was like a British actor. F. Lloyd Masny we're going to learn more about in this prog. Oh, okay. okay shit. Um, but they, the two turned around. They watched their own destruction happen. And they, and the, they the, crashed. In classic dumb thug fashion. Always. Uh, judges were on the scene within minutes, and Judge Dredd is looking over just a pileup of cars, people out of their Look vehicles. Look at that fucking profile. That is a good shot. It's a good shot. There are like the hover jowls. vehicles, the hover vehicles in the background with the lights coming down. Like Judge Dredd is talking to his his uh, trans his transmitter. Yeah, his little radio bike, right? His jowls, his lips. It's a really fucking good panel. I, I like this panel a miss lot. Miss Ian Gibson. I love him so much. Ron I Smith. Ron Smith is like my new like new poster boy. I love Ron Smith. Uh, Ian Gibson, I will never forget for the Robot Wars. Robot Wars was like, oh, mm, peak, peak love of that shit. It was fantastic. But, um, well, I'm glad to have Ian Gibson back. We haven't had him back in a That's long true, fucking time. a while. In a long fucking time. Um, so, Dredd has got a little mic up and he's saying, uh, we've got a multi-vehicle pileup here. Stop all traffic entering Jack Elam. Diversions at Betty Grable and Tony Curtis intersections and all secondary access points. I know Betty Grable and I know Tony Curtis. Really? I only know Betty Gr I know Tony Curtis from The Great Race and Ooh. the Houdini movie. Wow. I have The Great Race on DVD. It's one of my favorite movies. We should watch it someday. I, you've talked about this. I've never watched it, it has before. It Jack Curtis, uh, or Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon. Wow. It's really fucking good. Um, How do you know? Uh, Betty Grable, I know... From an Adam Sandler song. Wow! Where he goes, I want so it's he's like the, the Thanksgiving song just talks about how he likes turkey. Yeah. And he goes, uh, I can't remember the line, but he goes, I want saw a movie with Betty Grable. <laughs> oh, I oh, I go to the tur I go to the turkey and eat at the table. I want saw a movie with Betty Grable. He just just you there know. was a time when I was like 13, 14, I remember I memorized every Adam Sandler lyric. You know what? His his he was a songwriter. <laughs> I was 13 and 14. It was the perfect time for it's me. It's big humor at, yeah. at, at, for a 13, 14-year-old. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, but uh, someone responds over the radio. Wilco, Judge Dredd. And now we see Judge Dredd is out. Um, he is with a female judge. Uh, hooray. Yeah. Um, she is, like, looking down over the body of Rocco Zilch. Oh, yeah, that's him. And uh, I'll have you read for her, PK. If you would, I'll read for Judge Dredd. Okay. She's with him. Something interesting here, Judge Dredd. One of the croakers. One of the croakers is Rocco Zilch, head of the Interworld Crime Syndicate. I recognize him. Any sign of foul play? Not a mark on him. And now she put uh, another judge approaches and, and oh, has. I thought a that line. was her with her helmet on. Nope, it's actually a different judge. Go is for that it. A, a, young another? male judge. He's androgynous, but it is a male judge. Okay, I think. go for it. Judge Dredd. The forensic boys have overturned have an overturned roadster up on the cutoff. They want you to have a look at it. Um, and now we have Dredd and this other judge have pulled up to the, the crashed vehicle of the Grawl Wipeout Squad, right? Yeah. Uh, and the person's saying... 
The vehicle was empty. There's a trail of blood running down, running down toward the F. Lloyd Masney housing scheme. So the occupant was injured. And they go to this, there's a sure enough a trail of blood heading away <laughs> from that sign, right? What? He goes to the, he goes to the trail of blood and just pokes it. Yeah. There He's is, like, there is. Yeah, yeah, that's blood. Um, Dredd, Dredd is down there on his knees poking the blood. Uh, hmm, doesn't look like blood to me. Not human blood, anyway. She <laughs> pokes to, it. To which the other, I mean, maybe it looks really weird for all we know. Uh, it's it could black be, and white. It could be bright pink. It could it, be green. It could be eyes floating in it for all we know. Fuck it, it could be uh, yelling at us. Yeah. Uh, go for the other uh, judge, though, who's doing a good judge pose. He is. You're right. We tested it. It's coming from the planet Grawl. Type Q. Probably a healthy male in his 90s. All right, they're long-lived. So we have, you know, a bit of more information about what Grawl are, right? Yeah. We don't know the motive yet or what's going on. Well, they're hitmen for uh, Big Googie. Big Googie. Yes, you're right. Whatever that means. Let's turn the page, PK, and I have a really fun panel right here. So Dredd... Whoa, that's it cool is, as hell. It is Dredd's face superimposed, like, on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side is a fucking labyrinth. Maze. It is this massive maze of buildings and rail, like, walkways and shit. J just inner tweens. It's like an M.C. Escher painting. I should say, it looks like M.C. Escher. It looks like one of those giant fucking landscapes from this old magazine I used to get from, as a kid. Not highlights, but a different magazine. And all, they have this giant maze on the back of every issue. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. I love those. I love, I love those. I love, I, I just think of, like, Labyrinth when they're in that weird, like, tunnel, what have you, where yeah. he's walking everywhere. But Dredd is saying to us, a growl, huh? This begins to make sense. Oh, thank God it does for somebody. Um, <laughs> Did they have gremlin bullets? <laughs> Did they use their gremlin bullets? I bet they did. Uh, well, that explains the gremlin bullets in page one. <laughs> but there was no, there was no uh, mark on him, remember, though? That's Rocco right. Rocco didn't, we didn't know how he killed Rocco. But this begins to make sense. As I remember, Rocco's interworld mob were trying to move in on Grawl. So the local hoodlums sent a wipeout squad. Could be they caused this accident to get Rocco. Blood trail leads into the maze. Control, give me a computer readout of, on the F. Lloyd Masney housing scheme. Remember that part in The Dark Knight Rises where all the cops were going underwater, underwater, underground to go and catch Bane because that's where the tip was where he was? Okay. And like one of the guys goes, it's amazing to there, they'll get lost. And like, that's what it looks like that, but a massive underground ridiculous labyrinth. <laughs> But above ground and, and enclosed and built in a building. You know what it reminds me of? What? A movie that I love very much called Kung Fu Hustle. Where, <laughs> where they're going to break a bad guy out of, out of prison and they're like, memorize this map. And they hold up a map that's like four by four and it's in like like size two font. And it's just a fucking okay. network. It's like, yeah. memorize this map real quick. Like, uh. It looks like the end of a Metroid game. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Go for the narration here, PK. Built to house two million people, the maze was the most complex development ever attempted in, by Mega City One. Three weeks after its completion, every sign had been destroyed by vandals. <laughs> <laughs> so they built this giant housing scheme, and then everyone, someone took down all the signs. <laughs> ah! Fuck that shit. Where the fuck am I? <laughs> go, oh no! Go for the next one, PK. Keep going. It was a disaster. <laughs> no shit. Maze residents wandered for days, unable to find their way home. Others tried to escape, and 
over uh, and over 150 of them starved that's looking for a way out. <laughs> oh so my god. We see people coming out like fucking like fucking like <laughs> shipwreck survivors. <laughs> they look like they look like fucking uh, uh, the Swiss Robin Williams coming out of Jumanji. Yeah, just like what year <laughs> is it? Um, they're coming out wow, of the F. Lloyd Masny scheme. Civilization at last. He's got like the fucking <laughs> the beard. beard. It looks like fucking like like uh, uh Tom Hanks at the end of Survivor, right? Or what was it? No, uh, uh, uh God, I ruined Wilson. it. Castaway. Castaway. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, thank you to our audience in person. Uh, keep going for the narration, PK. The maze was closed down, but it was uh, it was over a year before the last residents finally crawled to safety. Yep, keep going. By then, the scheme's architect, F. Floyd Mazzy, had wisely immigrated. <laughs> so the guy, the way it shows him, it's like the guy from The Simpsons, the monorail episode. Yep, yep. Which is very popular now because of the Las Vegas monorail that they talk about yep. all over the internet. He's like just running out with like a bag of money and a, and a cat and a got, hat and glasses. Glasses on, like, got like a big old like tur- uh, coat with his collar turned up, like, it's, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? So, the PK, they built a giant housing scheme, swung all the signs off, everyone died. A lot of people died. And they just abandoned <laughs> and it. And the guy's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here before, they, before this shit gets pinned on me. <laughs> right? So, now now we have some backstory, right? Okay. Uh, now the maze was the haunt only of derelicts and other lost souls. And we see the two Grawl of the Wipeout Squad, but they're still with their nightmare gun, are in the middle of this MC Escher world. Can't run much further. Where are we? I don't know. This place is like a bogget, Warren. Okay, so they must be from Bogots or people, like, animals from their planet. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we know what a Warren is, right? Yeah. This, uh, also, this interior looks like a fucking... It looks like an MC Escher painting. It's yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks like awesome. that, that DLC from Dark Souls 2. Oh. The underground city. Yeah, I remember that shit. There's just fucking stairways everywhere. Yeah. Oh, I never got through that whole thing. No, but that now place we, sucked. We see a little old man with a beard and a, a wild hair comes up. Lost, I. <laughs> You'll never find the way out, never. But I knows. <laughs> oh, how Gumby knows. Tell us. I'll tell you nothing. <laughs> and you know why? Cause oh, how Gumby never tells nobody. Not till they gives the magic word. <laughs> That's old crazy guy with flies around him. <laughs> the growl says. Yo, is he? Is he? Is he Fergie's dad? <laughs> oh, I, oh pff, who knows. Crazy human, kill him! Many times had Halbert Gumby dreamt of the giant scissors in the sky. Okay. Well, <laughs> that was enough for this week. That's, you know... That's... That's quick. You know... <laughs> PK, I really wish I'd have had you read that line, but man. I don't know what to do <laughs> with what I just read. Um, just just real quick, the line is, How many times had Halbert Gumby dreamt of the giant scissors in the sky? That's a line. That's, That's a, line. a line they wrote. That's a line we have to read. In uh, Judge s- Dread. I cannot believe this comic. Um, and the Growl, is, sure enough, is shooting the bubble gun, and inside it are a bunch of snip, snip, snip scissors coming at Hal, uh, Halbert Gumby. So it's like a, it's like a non-dementor. Uh, a boggart from Harry Potter. It's just like their oh, worst fear. Oh, yeah. It's a boggart gun. Yeah, it's a boggart gun. And they already it's had gremlins and scissors. They had boggart warrens. Ah! Oh, not even closely related. No. But no, these scissors and bubbles are coming towards Hal. No! No! Since his first childhood haircut, it had been a recurrent nightmare. Now, for Halbert, the nightmare became real. As, he as his head cut off? A giant scissor closes around his neck. Ah! Click. Click. And we, the camera cuts away, right? 
But now, down below, there's Judge Dredd and the other judge, whose name we don't know yet. Right. And Dredd is firing at one of them. There they are! Two of them! And they're, it's like the MC Escher, where like, you see someone up on a higher platform, and there's like a million the different stairways like, between you and them, right? Yeah. Um, but he fucking blows up one of the Graw, like, yeah, gets hit right in the back. Um, and the one Growl who's still alive holding the Nightmare Gun says, The law! You'll pay for that in fear! <laughs> what? I, don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. I'll give you credits. How would I pay in fear? Like, do, you, do you charge for it? Do I'm like, not afraid of anything. Put a pin in that, PK. Uh, what is, mm, I'm not looking at the page. What yeah. Was, if uh, if if that gun was used on Judge Dredd, remember that be? one time at the end of the Cursed Earth, okay, where he was like having those flashbacks of all the the hardships he had he had gone through. Oh yeah, and all like the, general nuts and bolts, yeah, and and, and the, the the Burger War Barons the, <laughs> and Tyrannosaurus Tyr- Rex, Ty- yeah, Satan Satanus Rex, yeah. and like. And Judge Fingers. All that shit. Maybe it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be like, oh, the, sh- the terrible shit I've had to see. Is he afraid of it, though? I don't know. Let's find out, maybe. So we turn the page. High energy pulses ricocheted through the maze. And Dredge says, Dive, Ginsburg! As the other Dredge, who we now know is... Uh, other Judge, Judge Ginsburg. Is now Jin- Ginsburg. Um, they are... They try to get out of the way, but sure enough, the nightmare gun strikes home. And a bubble hits Ginsburg as... All these black, massive needles come from off the sc- screen, from on top of the page towards them. Go for their, their line. No, no, the, not not needles. I hate needles. And Dredd is looking on as Ginsburg's like grabbing their head with this bubble around them. Right, there's nothing there. Yeah. Can't see needles in my eyes. Ginsburg, stop. As Ginsburg goes backwards and hits like trips over They're a railing. Railing and there's, falls. There's, I mean, there are railings. In the fact that there's like a ledge you can trip over, like a little like oh, one yeah. foot, no handrails. No, we don't, we don't do handrails it's, in this it's world. It's ankle high. It's well, it's like just below the knee. This is Dark Souls. This is like it's all the stairs and fucking platforms you can it's, wish. It's not a handrail. It's Star Wars Imperial. Arc. I was gonna go for that next. I was gonna go for the Death Star. It's the fucking Death Star. <laughs> Why would we need rail? Could kill one, put a handrail. I, I have my back to this thing for fucking twelve hours a day. It's literally that. And Dread reaches out for them. The oh. Drock, there weren't any needles. Those beams must act on the mind. I mean... It's the, the Nightmare God. Yeah, okay. right, okay. Dread gets on his bike. This creep's gotta go. Bike cannon! Um, and he scrams... Blawmaster, uh, sorry about that. Did I say, like, Lawgiver? No, I just, I just, I'm just remembering it because we don't have the cheat sheet We don't here. have the cheat sheet. I know, I know, we're at the wrong place. But he blows up the road in front of him and then ramps his bike over the, uh, over uh, and the drops rubble. down. Dredd's, like a badass. Dredd's bike leapt the gap between buildings. And now Dredd is, like, catching up and driving. He's got his lawmaster and uh, lawgiver in one hand. I did it. I just did it. Um, <laughs> way in the background is the Grawl, who's trying to get away. Ha, huh, alien, or I stop or I fire. And the alien runs inside, runs off. You had your choice. And he fucking shoots the alien through the fucking chest from behind. That's right. Uh... I mean, he did fire on judges and did just kill a judge. And he said halt. He I gave mean, him the order to halt. Even after. Yeah. Even after, you know. So, I mean, okay, all right, you know, fair. Yeah. Uh, and the Grawl lets out a... But he turns around, and what happens, PK? He shoots the night... He, I think he shoots... Oh, yeah, he shoots the nightmare gun. Mm-hmm. And says, rot, you earth man! You die, too! I got confused because I thought that. I thought he was just shooting him out of his hand. Nah, nah. Uh, can't dodge it as Dredd gets hit full force with the bubbles, right? Yeah. And now, 
For a moment, there is blinding white light as Dredd is surrounded with the bubble kind of image, and there's like black, like kind of flecks around it. And then there's nothing. Nothing. And the Grawl looks up, saying, "He's he's alive." And the Grawl is like laying there, very sad, elephant-like kind yeah. of. Yeah. It's kind of sad, Dumbo-ish thing. <laughs> yeah, look, his little his like, little eyebrows are like. And he's like looking up at Judge Dredd saying, I don't understand it. The Nightmare God amplifies its victim's fears a thousand times. It's it's always fatal. Then what happened this time, creep? <laughs> PK, go for our narration. As a Judge Dredd rides out back out of the maze on his lawmaster. A judge should have no, fe- no deep rooted fears. No terrors that haunt him. Fifteen years training should see to that. Of course, some judges are only human. Others aren't. Next prog, PK. <gasps> Walter's Witton! Alright, alright. Put your bookmark in. What do you think, buddy? It was a fun little, uh, uh, ironically, a bubble episode. Hey, bubble episode. Let's talk about it then. We so, have the Nightmare Gun. <clears throat> the Nightmare Gun. That's that means- the whole thing that the prog was designed around. But with aliens. With some aliens, that's I right. I like that now. I like that. Yeah, so- aliens in Mega City 1. It's it's rare that we see that though, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna bring that up. So, Prague 190, the Nightmare Gun. Settings and places. We have the Jack Elam Speedway. You've never heard of this person? Nope. Um, I think he was a fictional character. No. Oh real. no, I was thinking of uh, Masney. Masney, Masney, Masney yeah. is the fictional character. Jack Elam, William Scott, Jack Elam. Uh, no, born November 13th, and this is again pulled right from the wiki. Born November 13th of 1920, passed away October 20th of 2003, was an American film and television actor, uh-huh. best known for his numerous roles as villains in Western films, oh, okay. and later in his career, sometimes comedies, uh, sometimes spoofing his villainous image. His most distinguishing physical quality was his misaligned eye. He had like a, like a, a misaligned like eye that looked was like a, a lazy eye. Okay. Um, before his career in acting, he took several jobs in finance and served two years in the United States Navy during World War II. Elan performed in 73. Back then, they fucking churned movies. Oh, out. yeah. They just, just a fucking, just milling that shit out. Uh, he performed in 73 movies and at least 41 television series. Some of his more memorable uh, roles are in Once Upon a Time in the West, High Noon, which I have seen. Oh, I've seen High uh, Noon. Support Your Local Sheriff. And on the series, The Twilight Zone and Gunsmoke. I've seen some episodes of Gunsmoke, because I just from. Uh, um, he's a guy with the misaligned eye. Was, uh, okay. I, I saw him, and I'm like, oh, shit. I, I think I've seen him before. I've definitely seen him at High Noon, so that's cool. Yeah. Mostly known for his westerns. Yeah. Uh, Betty Grable, however. We have the Betty Grable Speedway. Yeah. So you said you knew her from an Adam um, Sandler song. Yep. Is that all you know her about That's her? That's all I can think of. Okay. Hers is a little bit longer here. Again, this is pulled right from the wiki. It's just the summarization. The last right? one I knew from an Adam Sandler song, which has happened before, was Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. It's so weird. Yeah. And now now we just have an encyclopedic knowledge of, you know, Adam Sandler, Sandler songs, which means I know of lots of celebrities, I guess. I guess. So, Elizabeth Ruth Grable, born December 18th, 1916, and died July 2nd, 1973, was an American actress, pinup girl, dancer, model, and singer. Her 42 films during the 1930s and 40s grossed more than $100 million back then. And that's 40s money. For 10 consecutive years, 1942 to 1951, she reigned in the Quigley Poll's top 10 box office stars, a feat only matched by Doris Day, Julia Roberts, and Barbara Streisand, although all were surpassed by Mary Pickford, who was in it for 13 times. 
The U.S. Treasury Department in 1946 and 47 listed her as the highest salaried American woman. She earned more than $3 million during her career, $22 million in, in, in our modern day times. Yeah, yeah. So inflation. she made a lot of fucking money back Good then. Good for her. I agreed. She began her film career in 1929 at the age of 12. After right. which she a was child actress. After which she was fired from a contract when it, when it was learned she signed up under false identification. She lied about her age. She had contracts with RKO and Paramount Pictures during the 1930s and appeared in a string of B movies, mostly portraying college students. Grable came to prominence in the Broadway musical Dubari. Du uh, Dubari was a lady, 1939, which brought her uh, to the attention of 20th Century Fox. She replaced Alice Faye in Down. Uh, Alice Fay in uh, in Down Argentine Way, 1940, her first major Hollywood film, uh, and became Fox's biggest film star throughout the next decade. Fox cast Grable in a succession of Technicolor musicals during the decade that were immensely popular, co-starring her with such lead men as Victor Mature, Don Amish, I'm, I'm butchering his names, I know, uh, John Payne, and Tyrone Power. In 1943, she was the number one box office draw in the world. And in 1947, she was the highest paid entertainer in the United States. Good for her. Two of her biggest film successes were the musical Mother Wore Tights in 1947 and the comedy How to Marry a Millionaire in 1953. And one of her last films... Uh, Grable retired from screen acting in 1955 after she withdrew from her Fox contract, although she continued to perform on the stage and on television. Throughout her career, Grable was a celebrated sex symbol. Her bathing suit poster made her the number one pinup girl of the World War II. Okay. So if you've seen World War II Two propaganda pinup girls, you have seen, seen this Betty woman. Grable. Um, okay. Uh, surpassing Rita Hayworth, even. Oh, shit. I um, do know that name. It was later included in the Life magazine project, 100 Photographs That Changed the World. Hosiery specialists of the era often noted the ideal proportions of her legs and thighs. So, like... There was, like, a thing of, like, these are her measurements for her, all the way down to, like, her ankle width. Like, oh, that yeah. kind of thing. She was, and, uh, they, they listed My them on God, here. My God, she's perfect. They, 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 <laughs> they listed them on here. I thought it was kind of weird to say, so I skipped yeah, it. Yeah, uh, we don't but, want to read her measurements but, out. But Grable's legs were insured by her studio for a million dollars as a publicity stunt, which is hilarious. That's pretty great. That's, but yeah. In describing, she was not unaware of this. Oh, yeah. Describing her film career, Grable said... I became a star for two reasons, and I'm standing on them. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, girl? Fucking get it. Girl, who, go for it. Who was the famous... It was uh, uh, some famous model actress who was like, do I believe in censorship? Of course I do. I made a career out of it. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's fun. I've never heard that one before. Then we have Tony Curtis. So this one blew me away. I how, know this guy. How do you know Tony Curtis? Uh, the Great Race, one of my favorite movies of all time. That was it. That was it. You've seen it in, in yeah. The Great Race. And he was in that Houdini, Houdini movie. Houdini. Do you uh, know him from anywhere else? Do you know his relation to Hollywood at all? Or is it just those those roles? Just, I know there's more to him because I've talked about him a lot. I love The Great Race. He's the great Leslie. You know, okay. With Jack Lemmon, who's Professor Fate. And, and, and Never seen. Need the to grandpa it. from uh, uh, Princess Bride is oh Max, my his God. henchman. Yep, yep. So, you want to hear learn about this guy? Yeah, I love Tony Curtis. So, Tony Curtis, which is, again, the Tony Curtis Speedway, which, again, they mentioned... And it was a famous, good-looking Hollywood 50s good-looking man. Yes, yes. Uh, and, again, 
this is a person during this time who like yeah they're in uh, 200 movies like what are you gonna yeah do? they're they're in five movies a year what are you gonna do um tony curtis born bernard schwartz june 3rd 1925 uh died september 29th 2010 was an american actor whose career spanned six decades achieving the height of his popularity in the 1950s and early 60s he acted in more than 100 films in roles covering a wide range of genres, from light comedy to serious drama. In his later years, Curtis made numerous television appearances. I know him from one movie. I'm not going to tell you what, uh, but it's a it's it's a black and white movie that okay. I know. And also, he, uh, as in relation to a different celebrity who we're going to talk about. Okay. Um, Although his early film roles mainly took advantage of his good looks, by the latter half of the 1950s, he had demonstrated range and depth in his numerous dramatic and comedic roles. And in his earliest parts, he acted in a string of mediocre films, including swashbucklers, westerns, light comedies, sports films, and musicals. Because the whole point of his character in, in The Great Race is he's like the great Leslie. He's perfect in every way. There's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. There's a massive pie fight. About oh. 500 pies going back and forth. Oh my god. And he's walking through this pie fight in a white suit. Nothing gets out of him <laughs> to the very, very end. Are you serious? Yeah. That's pretty we should, cool. We should watch that scene. It's, it'll, it'll make you want to watch the movie. Fair, fair. I'm keep he does like on. he does like swashbuckling with a count. He's it's he a, just does everything. He's a yeah, great everything. He's the great Leslie. He's a he's a daredevil. He's amazing at everything. That kind of makes sense. This guy's done everything. It sounds like. Um, however, by the time he starred in Houdini, 1953, yep. with his wife uh, Janet Leigh, his first clear success notes critic David Thompson. Okay, his, act, his acting had progressed immensely. So by the time he was in Houdini, he had like I he has proven himself as an actor. Right? Yeah. So he achieved his first serious recognition as a dramatic actor in The Sweet Smell of Success, 1957, with the co-star Burt Lancaster. I know Burt Lancaster. Uh, the following year, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor in The Defiant Ones, 1958, along with Sidney Poitier. Oh, Sidney Poitier. Poitier, thank you. Um, uh, in The Heat of the Night. Yep. Who, they call me Mr. Tibbs. God damn, you such good memory on this show. He, I, I just like him because he, he slapped a white man. Oh my god. Good. Was he a black man that did that? Oh, yeah. It was, was a, it was a big thing because um, in the movie, no one had, it hadn't happened yet. A black man hadn't slapped a white man. And uh, in the heat of the night, it happened in the movie. Yeah. It, it was a great scene. He's like going to the hotel and he's an FBI agent trying to figure out the murder of a cop who's investigating. Yeah. Um, this guy goes, uh, he's like, this is in the South. He's from like New York and he's in the South. Yeah. Doing a lot of racial stuff. Yeah. And... Um, this white guy goes something like, oh, yeah, what do they call you up in New York? And he goes, they call me Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> and, like, the guy takes it, like, you know, you, your mouth out, and smacks him across the face. And so you point smacks him back. <laughs> okay, so he had to get and a smack first. Okay. audiences were outraged. Of course. Not and, a, but half of them were. Half of them were like me, like, that's the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen. I love the fact, it's like, yeah, we're outraged, despite the guy, he's defending himself, clearly. Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's, it's so fucking stupid. Um. Continuing on, right? Sorry about that. I just, I, no. That's my favorite thing about Sidney Poitier so, and in the heat of the night. You know that part in The Lion King where they call it, they say they call me Mr. Pig? Yeah. That's a reference to, to in the heat of the night. Holy they call me Mr. Tib. shit. I did not know that. Yeah. That's insane. I, I genuinely didn't know that. Um, so Curtis, after uh, uh, getting, uh, what was it? The following year, he was nominated for an Academy Award for the Best Actor in The Defiant Ones, 1958, alongside Sidney Poitier, who was also nominated in the same category. Yeah. Curtis then gave what he could arguably be called his best performances. Three interrelated, 
roles in com- in the comedy Some Like It Hot, 1959. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I've pretty That's much seen. That's right. I love that movie. I think I have that movie. That's a great fucking movie. Um, Thompson called it an outrageous film. An American Film Institute surveyed voted it the funniest American film ever made at the I time. I forgot Tony Curtis doesn't sound like a hot. That's him. And those are two things I really like. Yeah. I should know. The film co-starred Jack Lemmon and Marilyn Monroe. And Jack dr- Lemmon, who was also in The Great Race. Yep. And uh, and was directed by uh, Billy Wilder. That followed. By, that was followed by Blake Edwards' Operation Petticoat. Operation 19- Petticoat, yeah. 1959 with Cary Grant. They were both fantastic frantic comedies and displayed his impeccable comedic oh, timing. Cary Grants too. He's in uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. and Never seen. Oh. A lot of things I haven't seen. Um, he often collaborated with Edwards on later films. In 1960, Curtis played a supporting role in uh, Spartacus, which he became another major hit for him. Didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, I've never seen Spartacus. Neither have I. Very I've heard popular. it's famous. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, what's the the chariot movie that I always think about when I think about like those. Old oh, episodes. Star Wars Episode One. That's it. That's it. That, Star Wars uh, Episode Eight. My that that's the chariot movie I always think about. No, Episode One has an actual chariot race. It's speed. It's pod racing. Though. It's based off of chariot racing. It's from- the boringest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Curtis, going on. That thinks the Marvel will win. Only money. Only money. Uh, his stardom and film career declined considerably after 1960. His most significant dramatic part came in 1968 when he starred in the true life drama The Boston Strangler, which oh. some consider his last major film role. The part reinforced his reputation as a serious actor with his chilling portrayal of a serial killer, Albert DeSalvo. Curtis also took the, on the role of the Ukrainian cross uh, of the Ukrainian Cossack Andrei in the historical action romance epic Taras Bulba, which I've never even heard of. That's w- the guy from Star Wars Episode One, the pod racer. What the fuck? Sebulba? No, no. In which oh, the, no, no, that's not even Sebulba. That's not even Sebulba. In which the lead character was played by Yul Brynner in 1962. I know that name. As do I. I'm not going to keep going to. He later starred alongside Roger Moore in ITC oh. TV series The Persuaders. Roger Moore was a James Bond. Uh, indeed. And Curtis played playing American millionaire Danny Wilde. The series ran for 24 episodes. This is the reason why I thought it's crazy. Curtis, Curtis, t- uh, t- uh, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis, Tony Curtis. Uh, is the father of actress Kelly Curtis and Jamie Lee Curtis by oh, his first right. wife. If you Jamie look, Lee Curtis is his daughter. If you look at Jamie Lee Curtis and him, like she has really the, the ang- high cheekbones. She's got high cheekbones, really angular features. It is like if you That's take right. It's like if you take like his face and like do like the gender morph. It's literally. I that. love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. I love her in Halloween. Oh, True Crime, uh, True Lives, True, true Lies, true, true Lies. Oh man, that's super hot. Freaky Friday. Oh my god, fucking Freaky Friday. Oh my god, Jamie Lee Curtis is a fucking hottie. She she, oof, she was pretty hot back in True Lies. That days. episode of Game Grumps. What? Yeah, she's on an episode of Game Grumps. They play something. She plays. Video games with, with her son, with Aaron and Danny on Guest Grumps. Fuck you, no way. Hand of God. I cannot believe that. That is the weirdest. I mean, as as them, I'd be like, what Dude. the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> the weird, the, the guests they get on that show make me laugh nonstop. That's so Grey weird. Worm. Oh, what? From Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, that's kind of sad. Um, Last thing. So, characters we have. Um, Well, this is, this is more of a place, sorry. The F. Lloyd Masney scheme. Uh, this is uh, built to house two million people, and it's most com- it is the most complex development ever attempted by Mega City One. However, three weeks after its construction was completed, vandals destroyed and stole all the road signage. Every sign. Every sign. So only a hundred. Really, 
It, Did they get lost? Here's the thing. It houses 2 million people. Only 150 starved to death, unable to find their way out, which is not too bad. That's, okay, yeah, that's less than 1%. Less than 1%, statistically speaking, not bad. But it was over a year before the last inhabitants made it out. An F. Lloyd Manzi escaped off-world, off most likely, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, I would, too. Like, fuck that planet. We're gonna pin that shit on me. I just made a bad house. <laughs> Guess I'm living somewhere else now. Um, characters, though. We have Rocco Zilch, crime boss of the Interworld Crime Syndicate. More on that later. Okay. Uh, we have Big Groogie, which I'm guessing is, <laughs> is probably a, the leader uh, of the Grawl, or like a Grawl like boss. Yeah. But we don't really ever see him. Because, yeah, we never see him. They say... He's referred to. Yeah, they're like, oh, message from Big Groogie, you know? Yeah. Uh, we have Halbert Gumby, a crazy old man who lived in the F. Lloyd Mazzini Halbert Gumby knows the way! Who never gives directions... Trying to get out of the... Without the magic word. It's the guy who's like, oh, answer my riddles three. You shoot him in the chest <laughs> yeah. and walk by. What <laughs> is your name? <laughs> I love that. Like, your favorite color? Pink. No, wait, blue! Oh! I fucking love that. <laughs> That was uh, really good. What is the what is the wingspan of a European of a swallow? European or African swallow? I don't know that. <laughs> I will never tire of that movie. That, so, that's one of the most quotable movie, movies. It's a weird thing for me because that movie loved it completely, got really popular, and it dipped. Mm -hmm. And now people are like talking about it less. I love it again. It's just so it's just so good. Um, I, I think there are that, some who call me Tim. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't remember the name. He just made up a name. Yeah. Um, I. I think that movie is is I think I read a, a thing recently like the the, the the hundred funniest movies ever made and I think that was the number one. I genuinely I also completely agree with it. Oh in a yeah. Way. Though I will say, the movie Airplane with Leslie Nielsen, Leslie from what Nielsen. I understand, is mathematically speaking the funniest movie ever made because oh, it has more jokes per second, more jokes per second than it, any other movie by like a Wayne Gretzky level. <laughs> like it's just it's my first time flying. I'm nervous. <laughs> my, uh, I'm nervous. Oh, is it your first time? Is it your first time? No, I've been nervous lots of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's like to get this man to a hospital. Why? Oh no. Oh, 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 I think it's like, oh fuck. I fucked it up. I don't know how it goes, but it's like, what's, um, uh, there's like, he's got, get this man to a hospital, he's got deceptitis. What's that? That's a big building that keeps all sick people. It's like, <laughs> god people, damn it. The big building that keeps sick people. Eh? It's, that, that movie has per second more jokes than any Mathematically movie. the funniest movie ever made. Yeah, it's, it's the, and my, and Dom hated it. Dom fucking What? It. It's not the, her type of humor. It's just oh, not. Oh no. It's so funny though. I love it to death. Um, I love Airplane, I'm sorry. We also have Judge Ginsburg, uh, who dies too young, afraid of needles. Um, yeah, needles are in his eyes, tripped over the railing. Yeah, I would I would trade both Ginsburgs back for a lot, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, items technology of note. We have Mopad's Return. Last Hell season, yeah! Part 131, Sob Story, Part 1. Which... Which was the first appearance of Otto Sump. Uh, which was in the next Prog, Sob Story, Part 2. Oh, so, you're right. But it was the, that was the whole thing was the Mopads. That was the big uh, yeah. thing. Um, cause like, was it, how much of the city lives in a moped? A lot of people do not like live permanently on mopeds. I forget how many. It was like maybe like eighty thousand. Like okay, that. I, just, I, I remember they gave a percentage. I thought I can go back and look. Let's look at sob story. Sob story. Go to sob story part one. God. And then world this massive building. fucking file. Um. Severe houses reporting over eighteen million people live in okay. mobile homes. Holy crap. So yeah, they uh, they drive along the the one quarter billion miles of roadway, and uh, that is pretty fucking insane. So yeah, that there's a, a significant 
portion of the population yeah. is just living in mopads, which is kind of crazy. It's, to all, think it's about. Like 60 million people in Mexico? 100 million? 800 million. 800 million. 800 million was okay, the last so, count. Okay. So, yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, also, technology, we have the Nightmare Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked. I mean, it's it's explained. We know what it does. We know what it but does. But I want to know some backstory on how, is it how? from aliens? <laughs> Did a mad scientist invent it? I'm guessing alien technology, right? But we don't know. Why but, was that guy afraid of gremlins? Uh, had he experienced these little insect bug things before? I don't know. But we know that it shoots giant bubbles that, once they make contact, amplify the victim's fear a thousandfold. No more explanation needed. We are living in the world that Mysterio warned us of, where people will believe anything you tell them. That is where we're at right oh, now. It's man. like, it's a gun that shoots nightmares. It's like, all right, yeah, I believe well, it. That's what it does. We don't question it. Like, why? Why would we question that? Like, why? Yeah. That's like, 100% we'll, true. We'll believe anything. Tell, whatever you say, Jake Gyllenhaal, I'll believe it. I don't care. Oh, man. That's a, such a good he role. Is, that's one of my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal roles. That, Nightcrawler. Oh, dude. Nightcrawler disturbed me. That's the first movie I've had to turn off because I was so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It was like, I had to, like, I waited. I got through it, but the other part was like, I don't like what's going on. There's like, every, every, watching that movie, every, like, in animal instinct in my body is it's telling me to everyone, run. run. Get away flight. from him. Like, yeah. everyone, do not talk to him. Don't look at him. Get him away. I fucking, I don't hate that movie, but it made me severely uncomfortable. And I oh, love yeah. That. I love that He movie. does a great job of being... Just the craziest, the creepiest, the most unsettling. Yeah, I love it. And I, next time, we, I want—I don't want you to fight back when I say we, I want to do the things we want to, that, I want to do. When that line that came line made me get up. That when that line came out, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this movie down. I didn't come back to it for a couple weeks. It was <laughs> fucked up. Um, next <sighs> thing, uh, moving on from that. Jake Gyllenhaal is great. Whew. Good actor. Love you as Mysterio. Really fun guy. Terrible slang. Made up words. Judge drug one-liners. Love you as Bubble Boy. Oh yeah, yeah. Wipeout Squad. Just another term for a hit squad. I'm guessing. Yeah, wipeout I, squad. Sure, why not? Maybe they couldn't say hit squad. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's more the the, lang, the slang Playing from back the future. then. You know. Uh, also, we have halt, alien, or I fire. You had your choice. As he just, just fucking shoots him in the Dread chest. Was dead on. I get it. I mean, he that's accurate. It's what he is. Monsters. We have the Grawl. Um, they are from planet Grawl. They can live up into their 90s and be healthy. So I'm guessing that they live longer. Long, yeah. Uh, long and they have type Q blood types. So that's all we know. They're elephant people, kind of. Yeah. In space. They so. look like Wattos, kind of, but without wings. It's funny how much... I talk about Watto. Like, when it's, it's funny how much when you look at, like, aliens and stuff like that, it's often just like, oh, this is elephant plus human. Yeah. When you think about it, right? It makes me really appreciate, like, the alien design that goes into, like, Mass Effect. I love the different mass effects. The Hanar. Things. Yeah, the Hanar is like a fucking blob that floats around. Yeah, well, they have to have the flotation devices. Yeah, to float. To go around. But I just, like, I remember, like, really appreciating the, 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 the variety. Even there was technically an elephant person. But also, even then, they had more, more variety of, like, the people. The Krogan who, are people, but, like, four times bigger. Oh, yeah, and also just warmongering assholes. Yeah. <laughs> with, um, like, with redundant... Oregon <laughs> Yeah, very hard to kill. World building. Uh, this is the first mention of the Interworld Crime Syndicate that I can find. So I'm guessing that that... Maybe is, that'll come back? I. It sounds like it would, but it, it seems interesting. It, they let us know the Interworld Crime Syndicate is moving in on the planet uh, Grawl. And the so Grawls want to push back. It's, 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 so it's a mafia clearly, war. It's a mafia in space. Space yeah. mafia. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Um, space katas. <laughs> then we have Planet Grawl has... Boggit Warrens, whatever those are. We can kind of assume that they're like Underground rabbits. Yeah, something like that. 
This is our first time really, I, I, I'm not sure about this, but I think that this is our first time really seeing aliens living amongst the Mega City One populace. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw people with brain blooms, which were alien technology. It's more, I mean, but brain that blooms were plants. Yeah. They're alien plants. But we don't see no, people. they weren't even alien plants. They were just human, human plants, faces. grafted stuff. Um, we don't really see aliens walking around Mega City One. We really don't. The one reference I can think back to was that one tabloid of a, a, a Hollywood star marrying a pile of yeah, islands. that's right. You know, like <laughs> that was a thing that that happened. <laughs> yeah, a Hollywood debutante man <laughs> hunk married a pile of eyeballs. Yeah, um, that's like, and we've seen alien slavery out in and, the out cursed, the cursed Earth. Earth with Tweak, obviously. Yeah. So I, Twerp. alien life must be relatively common. I'm guessing for the average Mega City One citizen. But my question is this: In the Judge Dread universe, really, I want to know when did we make first contact? Like, I want to when we first contacted the alien like, as well. What was what was that like? Who found who? Was it was like what happened? Was it like Mass Effect where they, they came to Earth and like we're gonna use that technology? And they said, humans, you're not going to use that technology. And they had the war with the... Uh... That wasn't that wasn't how... the the uh, So that was not how it happened in Mass Effect. I remember this. I thought so, they, they found... No, they found humans the mass found relay. Re mass relay. And they went to they turned the it planet on. of the Turians. Uh, well, they, they turned it on. They the turned Turians it on. came on and said, turn that off right now. Yeah, they're like, you don't open Mass Effect relays to places we don't know. Yeah. And the Turians were like, they got in a fight with the Turians. And that's yeah. why there's like Turian human... Human strife. Yeah. I fucking love that shit, though. Yeah, that's um, right. I, oh man, good times. I fucking miss those games. Um, also, I want to say, it has been a while since we've had a strange new technology wielded by criminals, Prague. That's true. It, the the well, one, the, the solar gun? I literally wrote that down. That reminds me of the solar gun. That's like the first one we had, right? That was like... That's the one that comes to mind. That's the, like, it was, and that was also back in the day when like, oh, all the bad guys have clean cut mm. hair, no, yeah. clean shaven, and now we have alien mm. elephant men yeah. shooting nightmares out of guns. Like, we've come pretty far, I think, honestly, <laughs> as far as diversity goes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, last but not least, we have our death count for this issue, which is Rocco Zilch, killed by the nightmare gun, his fear, biting insects. By the way, Z Rocco Zilch, you know how much I read Judge Dredd? Uh, how much? I was like, this is not, when they said Rocco, Rocco, you know, and then Rocco Zilch died, my brain went, Andy, you you have met someone in, in this comic with the Lynn last name Zilch, Zilch before. We have. Yeah. Who was it? It was one of the Sov City uh, judges yeah. on the moon, moon. during okay. the Luna, Lunar Dude, Olympics. The Lunar Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Judge Zilch. I was like, I can't, I can't fucking believe this is where I'm at, but I, I, I we know that. I know that. I, you say Zilch, I'm like, you're talking about these, this Zilch, this previous Zilch? No. Nope. Maybe they were related. What? I, I wish I could remove some of this, but I don't they know. remember good things. Useful. useful things, like coding I'm working on. Um, a bunch of fucking people probably die in the pilot that happens on Jackie Lamb Speedway, and Hal Gumby is killed by the Nightmare Gun, mm. as is Judge, Judge Ginsburg. Gibson. Gibbs Ginsburg. Yeah. I almost said Gibson. That's someone else. Yes. Gibson was already killed, in fact. Yeah, he did uh, die. Yeah, he did die in a shootout with Dredd in the Academy. Because um, he was Muted the Pig. <laughs> <laughs> he MTP! Was. MTP. Uh, I gotta write down. Uh, Judge... Uh, Ginsburg dies to the Nightmare Gun. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this PK? No, fun little bottle episode. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to get to Walter with Tones. Yeah, yeah, oh buddy, oh buddy, are you? Let's pick up with 
Prague 191, Synthicaf Vindilu. Uh, I thought it was Walter's Return. Oh. It is Walter's Return, also known as Synthicaf Vindilu. Okay. Which we'll get into that. I don't know if it's one or the other. I've heard it called both, but we'll see. So what was the... Are we recording? Yeah. Okay, what was the uh, the art... the Because they did the print wrong. What do you mean the print? Oh, they, the Looney's Moon, right? Yeah. So that is a prog that's coming up next episode. Okay. So it was just okay. like a wrong... It was misplaced okay. in there. It's a bad scan. I understand completely now. Because we've had that happen before. When it was like the the Forever Crimes, and that wasn't for like two more progs, or that right. already happened kind of thing. So it happens. It happens with the scans. It's okay. Um, so, Looney's Moon is going to be next episode. Alright. So, oh my um, God. PK, this prog was released December 20th, 1980. Script is by T.B. Grover, which is the pseudonym for John Wagner and Alan Grant. There's no credits card. Uh, that's why I'm reading this to you. Oh, good. Uh, artist is Emberton. Ian Gibson! Ian Gibson! Yeah, he's back. And letters by Tom Friend. Right. PK, go for the narration here. In Judge Dredd's brief moments of respite, Walter, his robo-servant, likes to serve up a... A wide and interesting variety of food. You know I don't like ethnic food. <laughs> Dread is spitting out some food at a t at like a, a sci-fi chair and table. Walter, what is this stuff? To which Walter responds, "A wheel synthetic Indian coffee." <laughs> you were right, PK. Ah, yeah, ethnic food. Judge Dredd, just one Koei tablet makes a delightful meal full of Eastern promise. Okay, <laughs> what's going on this problem? It's just going to be Wal I <laughs> Walter and Dredd's domestic violence, I guess. <laughs> oh, they're going to have a, a bout of dom a domestic dispute? You're to slap him. Uh, you don't like ethnic food, like Dr spaghetti. It's like, oh, damn it, woman. It's like that scene from Family Guy where it's like, no, daddy's home early. Everyone put your heads down. Don't try and get between us. Yeah. Super fucked up. That's a dark joke. That's so dark. But Dredd says, it turns my stomach. Don't serve it again until the factory gets the recipe right. Which is fair. He could like curry, but this could be very bad curry. He's not blaming Walter. He's like, the tablet is gross. Your cooking isn't gross. So that's not terrible, right? But now... Walter is on his hands and knees, scrubbing Judge Dredd's shoes as, Dr as Dredd's standing there with his hands on his hips. What are you fussing around for, Walter? There's something on your mind. Spill it. It's it's the robots at the laundwet. The laundromat. Oh, laun yeah. the laun- okay. The laundwet. Judge Dredd, they've been disappearing! Keep going. First it was Bob, then Wex. Didn't, they all have weird names. Yeah. <laughs> then last week, Spike didn't come back. They've been grabbed by robot thieves. Now Judge Dredd is doing his best, like, hmm, scratching his chin. Oh, I, I did leave the washer on last week. Uh, he says, yes, there is a gang of robot thieves operating in this district. We've been trying to run them down. Hmm, you might even be able to help us, Walter. Is this the prog where he throws Walter off the roof? That, that was a short that story. That was a short story. What, what's going to happen, PK? Is this the one where Walter leaves? I know there's a proc where Walter and Maria... I thought it was the same proc where Walter and Maria said, Fuck you, dude. Really? I thought it was the same proc, but... You've th mentioned this before, and I'm really kind of apprehensive about that time coming. Yeah. I'm, I really don't want it to happen. I never... I At one point in time, I during the first case files... I think it files, was Walter going undercover, being put in the danger, which made him walk out on dread. But during the case files... I can't imagine that happening. But during the first case file, I was like, 
get Walter away from me as quick as soon as possible. And now I've grown to love him. I and think, I don't want to see him go. And I'm I, kind of amazed by that. I think this might be goodbye Walter. You might be thinking we're goodbye Walter? I think I think it might be. I think he's going to go undercover, be put into a lot of danger. He's like, Judge Dredd, I love you, but I can't be with you no more. He, Judge Dredd has thrown Walter to his death before. What more could he do? Like, maybe Walter is devoted maybe to Maybe Walter, I think he dies. Or gets, like, tear apart and rebuilt. That's happened already in that short story. You're right, that did happen. <laughs> like, what more? What more I personal forgot. violation? What reason could Walter have for leaving? That'd be so weird. Did he maybe put him in jail? That happened. That's story. already that happened. happened. Multiple times. He got thrown in jail for throwing a custard cream pie at somebody. Because Walt robots can't, can't attack, attack people. Can't inflict harm upon humans. First law of robotics. But we're not using those. I don't know. Fast and loose. If we use them at all. <laughs> Real fast and loose. So I don't know. That's a good question, PK. Let's find out. All right. Let's turn the what page. What could he do? Turn the page. He, he hates his curry so much. Next morning in Justice Department Labs, we have a finger with a little tiny grain on it, right? Okay. That's like, like, a, like a, that's the, the wiretap. Ooh, interesting. Go for this guy. There's, there's a tech guy who's got the back of Walter opened up and he's like fiddling around in there. Go for his lines. This is an electronic bug no bigger than a grain of Synthacaf. Place in your Synthacaf storage, truly. It, a tray, mm-hmm. it will be undetectable. And now, Dread and... We can see As he dr- pulls a drawer out from the back of Walter where he keeps the, the coffee. Like, I guess different types of stuff he can make, right? Different strain, yeah, they're different brand, you know. Different types of coffee, different, different tea, types, yeah. things like that, I imagine. Okay. Um. So Dread and, and uh, Walter are in Justice Department labs, obviously. And Dread's talking to Walter, hands on his hips. You'll be used as a decoy, Walter. We'll try to tempt the thieves to grab you, then follow them to their workshop. Which Walter is saluting. Loyal Walter is ready and willing. Of course. And so, later, now we have like kind of a bisection of like a city street um, with Walter and another robot walking overhead on like a, a oh, raised a catwalk. Card. What's that? There's a credit card. Yeah, there's a credit card. Same thing I read. Um, and Walter and another robot are walking above on like a catwalk and they're looking down over like a street. And there is another robot with Walter. Yeah. And I will read for him. Good idea. Uh, I gave my master a real mouthful, Walt. No dumb Humie is telling Cranky what to do, I said. I'm keeping, I'm keeping Walt company, and that's that, Meatball. I gotta write down Humie. Hume, yeah, Humie. I'm guessing Humie. I just, I think of Final Fantasy XI, they, Humes, humans were called Humes, H-U-M-E. That's very weird. Yeah. Final Fantasy never made sense to me. I like the seventh one. That's, yeah. I, I played Some of them the, are, it's very... I Very dispersed series. It's also like the fact that it's like Final Fantasy, and I'm like, okay, is there anything final about? No, we just well, keep doing it. Did you, did you hear this story about why Final Fantasy One was called Final Fantasy One? No. Squaresoft was on their last legs. They they had this was this game had to succeed or they were going to shut down. Oh. So they made this was their Final Fantasy. They mm. made Final Fantasy, you know, for the Famicom. Yeah, and it's and it swole. Gangbusters. <laughs> okay, so it saved the company. Yeah, fair. And now they were and all the all the programs like it's our Final Fantasy, and they're fine. Like, okay, now we have. I guess they just keep reinventing and we're doing weird stuff. I yeah, don't know. but it's it's very Japanese to me in a way. It is. Um, but I, I understand it appeals to some people. I like Final Fantasy Seven. Um, so Cranky and this other robot, Wal- Cranky and Walter are walking along, and they're heading down a staircase now. And Walter is saying to Crank- Cranky, "Gosh, Cranky, you shouldn't talk like that to your master." A master is the greatest gift God gives to robots. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) 
Whoa! What's weird about that, PK? Yo, what is this? This is like some J.K. Rowling house elf shit. <laughs> um, we love doing work and being beaten. <laughs> Please hit me harder and feed me less. Like little fucked up, maybe, huh? Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. It's a little. Um, political what? cartoons from uh uh what's the era called? The Civil War era. Uh, it has a name. It's a type of cartoons from the night from the nineteen. No political cartoons. Political cartoons. Okay. But the era is called. Uh, I fucking forget, I hate when I forget a word. I think I know what you're talking about, though. I think I've heard of it before. It'll come to me in like ten pages. Go for it. Right. Uh, we're gonna keep going. We cut back now to like J, uh, JHQ, and there is a female. A uh, judge who is at a uh, desk and she's looking at like a map that has a little. Oh, she's beep, a judge. She has beep, a pauldron and yep. everything. And there's like a there's a screen with a map of the city and there's a beep 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 um little blinking dot on the screen. Antebellum. Antebellum. That was the word too. That's yeah. exactly it. She is saying to Judge Dredd, who's in the background, subject proceeding into sector forty. And now Cranky and Walter are again walking through yeah. weird, crazy cityscape. Right. Yeah. There you go with that lovey-dovey stuff again. You know, Walt, sometimes I wonder if maybe there's something wrong with you. And now we're in this kind of like vertical panel of like them going through a really tall, dark alley. Yeah. Where are we going anyway? This is the district the robot thieves have been operating. Judge Dredd say to just keep walking and look stupid. Reckon you can handle that all right. I thought these guys were friends. <laughs> <laughs> say, fucking damn, Cranky. Just fucking taking the piss out of your buddy like this? Maybe they're not the best friends. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, Walter, Walter doesn't stand up for himself, though. No, he's... Ne never once. He is a doormat. Um, then we have, inside of a van, there's a man with another robot who's driving, and they're looking out the window, and there's Walt and Cranky on the corner. Yeah. Those two look likely. Pull up alongside. And now these giant kind of forearmed mass oh not forearm, but just giant evil looking oh, yeah, robots those are with cranky's arms. Okay. Yeah. They're they had forearms. They're too. coming out of this van that says MT, and they're both these giant robots are stalking towards Cranky and Walter. Uh one of them says, In the truck, you two. Quipes, we're being dwight napped, Cranky! And they shove the robots in the back of a van. Uh, as Walter protests, Put us down, you creeps! But he thinks to himself, Hope my acting is convincing! And the female judge who's wearing like a cool helmet with like a visor on it and a mic, uh, a mic okay. on her mouth. Yeah. Still moving along, bleak walk. Wait! The signal! It's gone! Uh-oh. By the time judges converged on the bleak walk road, the thieves were also gone. And Judge Dredd is there as well as a couple like four uh, so other judges that are all on Lawmasters. Either the bug broke or these creeps were smarter than we thought. And now back inside the van, there is a bunch of robots in here. Jim and Al and Cranky and Walter. Oh, yeah, it's the ones that Walter mentioned from earlier. Nope, nope, no, no. That was Spike. Spike and, and Rex and Bob. And Wow. Uh, the reason I know that, put a pin in that. Okay. Because you're not going to believe this shit. Spike, Rex, and Bob. I yep. Don't... <laughs> uh, the big, Walt, big robot in the back is saying to all of them standing over top of them, this vehicle and our workshops are shielded, so if any of you have radios or phones, forget them. No signals can get out. And Cranky is thinking to himself, so much for your judge dread. Uh, soon, the van with MT is pulling into like a garage. We're here. And now all these robots are being led out into like a, uh, a big space, and there are people and robots with guns uh, who are like, you know, corralling them. Yeah. Get them out, one guy points. And another little robot up in the close foreground says, What are they going to do to... What are they going to do to us? Wipe us clean and sell us on the black market. Well, and, that guy knows. 
Right? That's what they assume. They yeah. They assume. Wipe them clean, resell them. Um, and now they're being like uh, broken up into groups, as one lady at, at, uh, in a doorway says. Bring them here in groups of five. And Cranky, you dirty rats, you'll never wipe me out, as one of the bigger robots is like pushing him forward. Quipes, Cranky's in the first group, thinks Walter. Minutes later, uh, we have Cranky is back out, but now he has a different name on his chest. Reg. R-E-G, Reg. And Walter is saying to him, Cranky, what happened to you? Cranky? Who is Cranky? He says Cranky. Yeah, because he says no Cranky. Yeah. Um, the woman comes back out. Go for it. Uh, uh, next five, move him in, gentlemen. And we, Cranky has like a line with Walter here. My name is Reginald. I exist only to do my master's bidding. I love my master. They've cut out his personality banks. Poor Cranky. Gone forever. <laughs> they cut out personality banks. So like a lobotomy? Uh, kind a of. A robotomy? Robotomy. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, Walter's group was next, and we see that Walter and a couple of the robots are being ushered into, like, a surgical room yeah, with like some a, people. Like a robot operating room. Yep, with a couple of men and a woman, um, and the woman says... Start with that one on the workbench. You! M me? Says a little robot, but Walter's thinking to himself, scratching his screen. Walter will be gone, too, unless he thinks of something pretty quick. And they have this little robot opened up, and they're, like, drilling into him and shit while he's awake, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, the lady is saying... Can't save everything. Can't save anything there. Cut it right out. We'll, we'll, we'll replace the whole bank. Walter's trying to get closer, though, and a big robot in the background. You stay back. But Walter has an idea. Go for it, PK. Walter only wants to offer a nice, nice humans a fresh cap of Synthacaf. And he's got a little cup out in front of him. Mm. And the lady says, Hey, that's an idea. Let that robot through. And what's going to happen, PK? He's going to splash it in their face and... Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> the whole grab all the robots and escape. Pocket sand, and yeah. just stand there. Just nothing happens. Yeah. Um. Walter offers the steam cup of Synthicaf. The the transmitter was in, the, in him, but it still won't be accurate because the building is shielded. Yeah, the whole building is shielded. Maybe he throws it out the window. Maybe. Keep. Let's find out. Okay. Uh, Walter has the next line as he's offering cups, and people are taking cups of Synthicaf. Walter just love watching great quirks at work. Another cup. A little one of the guys says, holding up a cup of synthicaf, friendly little fellow, ain't he? Have to do something about those speech circuits, though. And now a guy's got like sweats over his brow. He's like sweating and like, like, like you know, hand over his mouth. As the lady says, "What's wrong with you?" Don't know, boss. I feel kind of sick. Oh. Think I'll get a breath of air. To Does which, it make him puke it up? What she says, make it quick. He goes outside. Outside the building. Yeah. Don't know what's come over me. As there's like globs from his mouth. In Justice Central, the same uh, female operator is there. Signals back, loud and clear. Krakow Boulevard. After that, things happen fast. And we see now that outside the same building, that guy, ooh, <sighs> just like, just getting sick in an alleyway. <laughs> and Dredd is pulling up with a bunch of other judges. That man being sick. <laughs> You're under arrest for You're fucking polluted, littering. Did you just vomit? You've uh, I've got five years. Uh, inside, we have the same operators are now there. The the female has this kind of you know sciency device in her hand. Yeah. She says, "Your turn on the Walter. Your turn, Walter, on the workbench." And Walter's there alone. Oh, gripes! But now we have judges. As one of the people yell out as judges come roaring into their lawmasters. And the next panel is just the door of the operating room being kicked open. 
and Dred's there with four other judges, law mask, law givers drawn, and the uh, Walters on the on the fucking operating table. People are bent over him with the robo scalpels. With the robo scalpels, you know the synthes spanners or whatever the fuck it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, and Dred pop one rivet and you're dead, which is. Pretty defensive for Walter, he might say. Yeah. And Walter says, as he's being operated deep down, on, he loves Walter. Mm, likes Walter. Puts up with Walter. Mm, barely tolerates. Barely tolerates Walter's existence. <laughs> um, but uh, Walter has a line here. Away, Judge Dredd! The lawbreakers were led away. And now it's Dredd, Reg, and uh, Walter standing around. Walter saying, Poor Quanky. Walter called you too late to save him, Judge Dredd. His owner may have his personality on tape. What I'd like to know is how you got that bug out of the building, Walter. Walter feeds the bug to one of the crooks in his synthacaf, along with, with just a few concentrated Koei tablets. Oh! It was Chekhov's curry it, tablet. It make him feel very, very sick. Dredd says... It would. For once, I almost sympathize with a lawbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Next prog, PK. Looney's Moon! We're Again? back! It is actually Looney's Moon this time. Okay. Oh, all right, let's put our fucking bookmarks in here. Holy sh... PK, Walter's still around. You're right! He didn't fucking right. leave. He'll be leaving. He w Eventually, eventually. maybe. I, I'm still kind of sad about it now. Yeah. Um, let's go over this, though, shall we? Synthacaf Vindaloo. Uh, settings and places. Judge I thought Dredd. it was curry. Uh, but so, we're going to get into that. Okay. We're, we're going to come back to it. Settings and places. Judge Dredd's apartment. We haven't seen the inside of this place for a long time. You're right. No Maria. We haven't seen her in a very long time. The last time we saw her, she was hot. She was very different looking compared to how we'd seen her in the past. Very, very different. Good enough um, for a poke? Wow. That's uh, just... Tim and Eric. That's, uh, you know... But I would. I'm lonely. And as, as the Pope says... <laughs> uh, section, I'm gonna bleep that. Section 40, uh, we see Sector 40 was where Bleak Walk is. We saw that on the screen. Uh, right. That was a blinking, you'll miss it kind of thing. Also, we hear of Krakow Boulevard, which I assume is in Sector 40. I don't think they were that far away. Um, yeah, they were led there by the van. Yeah. But we don't know. I guess vans travel really fast. There's fucking, you know. Yeah. We, it could be super miles away for all we know. We'll never know. We'll never really know. Characters, though, we have Bob, Wex, Rex, and Spike. Missing robots from the laundromat. First off, PK, mad fucking props to the writers at 2080 for remembering the names of the robots that Walter chums up with at the laundromat in Prague 119, A Tale from Walter's Scrapbook. It's oh literally those guys. It's those guys. They used, they name-dropped those three guys that he was in the laundry shit. I went with. back, and sure enough, these are the exact robots we met before. Holy shit. Yeah, that's what they actually bothered to do that. That's above and beyond. Yeah. That fucking slow clap, man. Wow. Well oh. done, guys. That's really good shit. Um, it's kind of sad. We'll never see them again. Yeah, they're dead. They're, they're not... Well, their personnel has been wiped. Put a pin in that. <laughs> Is this like the ship of Theseus? Put a pin in that. We're going to come back. Um, Cranky the Robot, one of Walter's friends who agrees to go on him with a walk and propose as a, uh, bait, basically. Bait, bait bot. Yep. A bait car. Uh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, fair. Item technology of note. We got some more. Judges have access to electronic bugs that are no larger than a grain of synthacap or a grain of coffee. This would be stolen by Spy Kids 2 nearly 20 years later. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think God, too, hides in heaven in fear of what he created? You know... 
You know, Steve Buscemi, this is a kid's movie. I'm not sure if, Steve, you know... don't go that fucking hard in Spy Kids, too. This is pretty... This is pretty in, out there, Steve. Um, shielding technology is a thing, which, which is a thing, which prevents any signals from going in or out. Makes sense. Right. Um, we have that now. Way back when Stealth I read... technology. When I read Neuromancer, there was a thing where you could go into, like, what is effectively, like, a broom closet that was, like, super sealed, and you could have a conversation knowing... No, no way was... was okay. And they, that's where they had to plan a lot of stuff. Like that thing in, uh... Uh, v for Vendetta, where they had the spinny thing that blocks eavesdropping. When they're when they're talking about how to apprehend V, the two cops, yeah, and they're coming along the 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 three rivers uh, conspiracy. Oh shit! And he I like walks into the, he walks that. into his office and he goes like this. I mean, he has to put up the the eavesdropper, the bug, the bug, the bug scram, bug no 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 fire. That's pretty creepy. I remember that actually. Now that I think about it, I fucking love V. I love the movie, and I Ugh. really love the fucking uh, comic comic. That comic, yeah. I read that when I was in high school, and that was one of those, like, kind of woke me up out of a fucking stupor. Um, Wake me up inside. It, uh, yeah, yeah. Woke me up, all right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Evanescence. I appreciate that. I, 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 I read that comic, and I went and listened to Evanescence that <laughs> night, and I knew, I knew, knew right I had then woken up. I, I was no a, longer a I would, sheeple. I would be a cuck for the rest of... I'm kidding. <laughs> I took the um, blue pill, boys. Yeah, yeah, took both pills. Be really awake. Um... <laughs> Robots now, we know, have personality banks, which can be removed, causing the robot to, robot to revert to a factory default setting, basically. Okay, so I've read a little bit of the Mega Man comic by Ian Flynn, who okay. writes the Sonic the Hedgehog comic for IDW. Okay. And they talk about how there's killing a robot and killing a robot, which means destroying their personality chip. Okay. Because he's always fighting while these robots and destroying their frames or whatever. Yeah. But he's like, this is a highly illegal destroying a chip. He talks about it. So uh, that's kind of I get vibes of that. I'm really curious about like they have personality banks. They can revert to a factory default setting. Do they start off there and then grow personalities? Like Tabula Rasa, blank yeah. slate. Like do they grow personalities over time? Or are they program person like basic personalities on them? And then maybe it changes as time goes on. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm really curious about that. You know, I'd like to know. Maybe we'll find out. We have fucking 40 years of comics to read through still. Oh my god. Um, robot owners can store their personality on tape in case something yeah, bad happens. like a backup. Which is, like, pretty fucking handy. On tape. I, I would love to, on <laughs> tape. Like yeah, it's, it's on a fucking, like, Rolodex <laughs> shit. Like, holy shit. You know, we got, I mean, go for a... Oh no, I deleted this personality from my fucking boss-ass mixtape. We fucking had, uh, uh, in, uh... Winter Soldier. They have oh, they literally, got uh, like miles and miles of tape, miles and miles of tape to make that one uh, Nazi dude. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Whose name I can't remember. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. I can't remember either. Uh, terrible slang. Made up words. Judge Dread one liners. Vindaloo or Vindalo, or in this way case spelled V I N D I L U for some reason. It's not spelled right. I don't know. I but it's it a double O. It's an Indian. Know. It is double O in it's this. Indian, no, I've no had it because I love Indian restaurants. It's too. an Indian curry dish. Never had any. Never oh, had in my dude. life. Um, I'll go to Roger Rani sometime in Ann Arbor. I'll go for it. Indian curry dish, which is originally from Goa, G-O-A, Goa. Yep. Goa. Um, based on the Portuguese dish carne de vinda dalos, the eastern side of India. Uh, it is where you know, like where the 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 oh my god, what was the name of those the the famous. I, I, the Kabul King, Kabul Kings. I, in the in the course of my learning history in my shitty school district, I learned. American history. I went to a very small school district, mm -hmm. and I was very lucky because I had a great history teacher, Mr. Miller. Mm -hmm. He went through continent by continent, and he's like, we get, he, the class was programmed like, you know, what, seven sections, yeah. one for each continent. That's interesting. And it was 
it was a full, it was a full, not semester, two semester class. It was all year. Oh, that's awesome. And I, remember, I just remember learning a lot from that class. That sounds like the kind of teacher who would like, you go there that class, you're like, I'm going to be a historian. That's, he's one of the main reasons. Him and another teacher, uh, Mr. Fry, are the main reasons I want, I love history so much. I, I love teachers and that do that. The cam, the camel, the cam, camel king. The camel. camel. Tamil kings. The Tamil kings. They were the traders on the east coast of India. God damn! I don't. I, I've learned nothing about India my entire. You watched a movie about like China and the Chinese Revolution. Oh God! It was cool. As That's hell. a lot of history. Um, <laughs> but uh, this dish it is known globally in its British Indian form as a staple of curry house and Indian restaurant menus, and is often regarded as a fiery, spicy dish. The British people love Indian food. The They're traditional. Traditional recipe uses pork, but alternative versions have been made prepared with beef, mutton, mm. prawns, chicken, and vegetables. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd like it or not, but I'll try anything once. I'm vegetarian. I just don't, the reason I don't try new things is because you have to order like a whole meal, and if you don't like that, that's, then okay. you're fucked, right? Like, yeah, that's true. But you go to Rajarani, what you do is you get, it's like family style. There'll be like four or five of us, okay. and you get like four or three, not as many as our people, because they're big <laughs> dishes. Family style. And you style. try three different things. Yeah, I like that. I don't mind that. I just hate... Like okay, a whole meal for yourself. You're like, I don't. You take one bite. I don't like this. Yeah, I've done that. I hate it. I. I it makes me feel so upset. That's why your chicken tenders fucking everywhere. Um, I just don't want to whip chicken tenders. Things are too fucking expensive nowadays to yeah. waste money on. Um, not no, another grilled cheese sandwich. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> I, I may. Okay, this is a full confession. This is maybe too much information for our fucking listeners. I had for a meal bread and butter with barbecue sauce this week. That's that's where I'm at in life. I'm thirty I, something. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I had, for dinner yesterday, uh -huh. I had some Fritos and some dip and a can of yogurt. Wow. Good on you for the yogurt, man. I like yogurt. It was peach-flavored yogurt. I, I got, got some, that. I got that maple pecan yogurt. Got like, some nice like whipped yogurt, that real like, fluffy stuff. That's good shit. I'm yeah, all about that. This was that. Greek yogurt, so it was heavy and dense. Oh, yeah. Greek yogurt is fucking like next to oil. It's real yeah. fucking dense shit. Um, anyway, anyway. <laughs> moving on. Terrible slang, made up words, judge or one-liners. Um, amassed, amassed's greatest gift a master is the greatest gift, gift a god, god gives to robots. robots. Not a god. God. A god. Gives to yeah. The Judeo-Christian god. So, PK, we didn't talk about this, but we got to talk about whether or not robots believe in god. Do Does god, um, too, hide in heaven? Like, here's the thing. This is where we're at right now. In fear of things it's created. Is Walter religious? Remember. Will it religious? Remember. Which and, and and if he is, which god does he believe in? Because we've seen him praying to an altar of Judge Dredd in Prague 119, a tale from Walter oh Scrapple. Oh my god, Part 1. that's right. And he mentions the Lord. Like he asked the Lord to protect Judge that's Dredd. That's right. So like Walter's like the most religious character we've met, and he's a fucking robot. Yeah. Is religion programmed into the robots? I have so many questions. I don't know if like do robots believe they have souls? Do robots... Does this unit have a soul? I, that was from Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3. I, I love... Favorite character in that series, I thought Legion. was... Was going to be other things. There's Legion. Legion's absolutely Legion's my favorite the, character. Like, Legion's I love the best. I love Legion so much. The I fact always, that his last line is about I instead of we. Oh, I shit. will always like Morden Solis. My favorite character in the Mass Effect series. Fair. One of my favorite fair. characters written in video games. Fair. Absolutely fair. I, I, I Someone else would have gotten it wrong. Someone else um, would have gotten it wrong. I, I am the major, major, modern major general. Uh, but he's a modern day, day Solarian. Yeah. Fucking so good. Just seeing Gilbert and Sullivan. Best character in that. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so, 
I, I really am curious if we're ever going to learn more about, like, the relationship between robots and religion. Okay, hear me or out. Or religion in this world. Yeah, you know? I would have to know about religion in Mega City 1. Hear me out. Because what if there's, like, a crazy robot factory, like, like Mike Lindell, who's like, I want our pro, I want, I don't know why it's J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. But I want our robots to have Christian religion installed upon oh, them. Oh, jeez. And not all robots, Christ. but Walter had the bad luck of being produced by that factory. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I like as a default, it just they automatically are Christian, right? Yeah, like that's fucking just from this one way out there, way right wing factory. Uh, I want our pillows to be the most Christian pillows. Oh God, please stop! It hurts too much. (laughs) Uh, I really do want to know more about this, though, right? Like it's an interesting topic, and I would love to know more about how religion plays into like Walter's life or robots in general. We we didn't. there was, uh, I don't know if you talk, if, if you ever heard this or not, Brendan Lee Mulligan, the guy from College Humor. Oh, yeah. Uh, DM, who I love. Uh, really funny guy. He played a character in one of his D&D campaigns where, who was, uh, it was not D&D, but it was uh, Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, yeah, VTM? Yeah. Vampire um, the Requiem, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, and he played a vampire who was formerly Christian and wanted to still be Christian, but despite co- being, but despite being a vampire, cursed and, by God, and realized that, like, oh, he can't be a part of the vampire community because they are all atheists, or or uh, at least. Well, yeah, because in Vampire the Master, in the White Wolf mythology, yeah, vampires are created when God cursed Cain for yeah. the murder of Abel. Yeah, and so they are all descendants of Cain. Yeah, the biblical Cain. Yeah, the biblical Cain, <laughs> and who's probably uh, still around. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they talk about like because because vamp. I like White Wolf. Uh, uh, mythology. It's okay. one of my favorite things. So I I've I never heard of this term, white wolf mythology, before. They make Vampire the Masquerade, okay. uh, Werewolf the Forsaken, Mage the something. But the uh, Hunter the Requiem, which was a, had an Xbox game. I've never heard of this. Which is about vampire hunters and supernatural hunters. Fair, fair. But yeah, White Wolf is uh, it's, it's a company. They it, make those games. Okay, I thought it was like a genre. My apologies. No. It's the company that makes all the Vampire the Masquerade. Gotcha. I, I how about the what's that one game we played? The Darkness, Worlds of Darkness. Is that that's, the same thing? That's White Wolf. Yeah, really? World of Darkness is by White Wolf. Okay, so I know of them at least. Yep. in some some regard. That's cool. Um, I White Wolf created the World of Darkness, which is the world. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, we got way off on a tangent there. We did. We, did. Um, we, talked, we made a mistake. We talked about White Wolf. This would be a long ass episode. Hell uh, yeah. I'm cool with it, though. So, last thing uh, for this one is, uh, for terrible slang made-up words, you got t- a couple of things. We have Humi, we have droid-napped, or droid-napped, as Walter says it, and then uh, Judge Dwed just said to keep walking and look stupid. I reckon you can handle that all right. Like, damn, Cranky. Right. Fucking taking the piss out of Walter, man. It's, it's like one of those things, I'll go, but I'm going to complain about it the entire time. <laughs> um, to quote Bob's Burgers, one of my favorite shows. Oh, God. World building. Cranky talks about talking back to his master. PK. Which robots aren't allowed to do. Uh, apparently robots aren't required to follow orders by humans. Cause his that goes against the laws of robotics. Uh, or maybe is he like playing it up like he's being the strong robot? Like, maybe. Like his, well, his, I like, think his master's like, okay, whatever. And he's like, yeah, he, I had to give him a talking to. Like, yeah. is that what he's doing? I bet Cranky's full of shit. He looks like a kind of an asshole. Okay, okay. I could, I could see that. But if it's not that... Then then, what, then the, robots are not obeying the laws humans. Are cha- the laws are changing, and they're letting it because they're afraid of another robot. But war. I mean, we have robots disobeying humans all the fucking time. Why would we do? We do like 
why is this bothering us right now? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it just seems so I out just of think place. Of the implications of another robot war, and I worry. I mean, really, in all fairness, right? If we had another robot war in Judge Dredd in the next year or two, by the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, That's I, true. If we had Robot War, the uh, fucking part reckoning, two, part yeah. two, the reckoning, or or the return uh, of Call Me Kenneth, uh, or just not even return to Call Me Kenneth. It could be led by Walter for all I care. But like. What's the what back in the what's the trait from like the two thousands like it's a it's a game that has the sequel is colon awakening or oh, reckonings oh, or yeah it's or R three something. with the e oh my god yeah. driver three god it's, it's fan four stick that's what it is fan four stick god that movie never saw awesome um, fantastic four and fantastic four the silver surfer yeah both in theaters really yep how'd you like them eh, they're not bad I don't dislike them have you seen uh, uh strange two yet. No, okay. we really need to. I've heard good things. I'm not saying anything. Really. I appreciate that. Um, also, we now know there is an underground market for reselling stolen and rebooted robots. Which that makes sense. Makes sense in the universe, right? Yeah. As to why they're doing it, probably for money. Yeah. You know, because they're greed. bored. Greed or boredom. Or you boredom. Know? Um, but death count this issue, PK. Does Cranky die? <sighs> the ship of Theseus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Marvel... Is Cranky dead? Yes. Cranky is dead. What if they put a tape of his personality back on him? Then I'm going to say Cranky is alive. Really? If you if it's your personality that makes you. That's my opinion. All right. All right, fair. What if it's what if he had under what if okay, hypothetical. Cranky in the last year fell in love and the robot that he loved left him. And he had a lot, a big year in his life. And he and got, all his personality changed greatly? Yeah. And they reset him back before that happened. Fuck, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's Shiva Theseus. It's, it's fucking Shiva Theseus, right? I I love, I love talking about this kind of weird stuff. Yeah. And it's also... It's a Star Trek thing, because they're like, every time you teleport, it demolishes your items and, re and, and rebuilds them. So you're a clone of yourself. That's a real thing in Star Trek lore? Yeah. That you're actually just dying... And, Whenever you get teleported? Yep, and being re and like being rebuilt from different matter. I did not know that. That's kind of crazy. That's a little fucked, honestly. Yeah. Is there, there would have to be, just thinking of that, there would have to be a subset or organization or a group of people who refuse teleportation. There's an entire episode about it in Deep Space Nine or TNG. Because you're effectively dying. Yeah. And they think that they're afraid who would not teleport. Because they would think that your soul is gone. Yeah. And you're not actually, a, they would probably consider people who have been teleported to, to be, be dead, dead or, 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 not. or different people. Yeah. That's it's a whole of, episode. That, only one episode? That's yeah, well, they had a lot of things to do in Star Trek. You fair, know, they had fair. a whole galaxy of yeah. things to do. That's still... That's interesting, though. I like that. I love these weird questions. I used to run home from school every day to watch Star Trek, The Next Generation. I mean, and I, Deep Space Nine, eventually. I wish I would have. I was watching, like, cartoons. I've always I, been cartoons. I remember I'd come home. Yeah. I would watch... I would always arrive home to catch the end of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. And then The Simpsons. <laughs> and then Star Trek. And then I'd do my homework. Fair. Every weekday. Every weekday? That, you know, there was time for dinner and all that shit. What age range would you say this is around? I was in elementary school, so... Oh, damn. I would have been... I would run home or run to the, the store my parents were I remember, working. like, doing it all of third and second... Third grade. Mine was Wishbone, Reading Rainbow, Spider-Man 90s animated uh, show, Batman the animated series. Like, those I used were my... To watch and that Gargoyles shit. I used to watch that shit Saturday morning. Ah, fair, fair. 
PK, is there anything else you want to talk about for Prague 191 Synthicaf Vindaloo? It wasn't what I thought, but it was a nice... Again, we're having nice little bottle episodes. Yep. Bottle episodes. Not butthole episodes. Butthole episodes. <laughs> Those nice butthole episodes. Just wet my butthole! Are you ready for the Mega City 1 mail wound, PK? Always. We got some new mail in, if you're ready oh to hear about God. it. So... Uh, in You're this... a new male. Hey. You fucking beta cut. <laughs> Globalist cut. In this segment, we read your wonderful comments and critiques about the punk cast, Judge Dredd, and our experience in reading it. And today's email comes from a new listener named Michael Evers. Uh, he sent this to me on May 10th of this year, and he says the following. And it is about our comments concerning a certain artist. Because I knew I would ruffle some feathers. Oh yeah, we, but we said something. We never said he was bad. No, he said it, we, we said it was our least favorite, favorite, right? Like my so, least favorite flavor of ice cream. But we're gonna get into this, we're gonna get into this, okay? <laughs> so, hi Andy and PK. I have just finished listening to the latest episode and I thought I would drop you some comments. I am listening through the Apple Podcast app instead of using the YouTube copy as I find it more convenient. Hey, hey good, on good. You. thank you, dude. Thank you, buddy. You can welcome, listen to it on any, pro, any podcast platform you want. Doesn't matter. We're not making any money off it. We're happy to have you. Yeah. So, you know, spread the word. Um, in this episode, you talked about how Mike McMahon was your least favorite of the regular Dread artists. 2080 is a, a bit mid-Atlantic in a way since the art has always been a mixture of U.S. US and U.K. U.S. style clean line work and European rougher impressionist look. Yeah, because I look I look at the other British comic book I read was Miracle Man, and it's very pulpy. It's very rough. Okay. More rough than Judge Dredd. Really? Which has clean ink lines. That's interesting. I'm so used to the clean American lines. Me too. Everywhere. So seeing Mike McMahon definitely throws me off, right? I didn't even know to think of like impressionist looks. Me neither. Um, so they continue on. When DC started poaching 2080 talent in the 80s, it was no. Hey, that's we are. It is no surprise that artists who were closer to the U.S. style were greeted more favorably by U.S. readers. That's how they got what's them to do the Killing Joke, such as Brian Ballin, Batman's Killing Joke. God damn it! Dave Gibbons, Watchmen. Oh yeah. And Steve Dillon, Preacher. So. Fucking hey, dude! Shit. I didn't know that shit. Uh, fucking Dave Gibbons. I love Watchmen, right? Yeah. I don't think he's been. I don't think he's done 2080. At least in Judge Dredd, I don't think yet. Um, if he has, I'll be fucking amazed. And I might get an email about it for all I know. Yeah. Um, and they continue on. Carlos Esquera is pretty much considered the king of 2080 artists, but his work made little impression in the U.S. Possibly because it was too rough and European-looking for many U.S. readers' tastes. Now, I find this interesting because uh, I, Andy, because I don't think other than the 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 very early like unaired prog of Judge Dredd, the concept art. Yeah, we've never seen a prog drawn by Esquera yet. No, we haven't. So we can't really judge on that. I imagine he's drawn other stuff for 2080. Oh yeah, but stuff not, we haven't read. Not Judge Dredd for the most part. So right. I really would love to see some of his more more of his artwork, honestly. Um, also, they continue on. Mike McMahon was very young when he started at 2000 AD with the earliest published dread strips, and he was told at the time to copy Carlos Esquera's style. Okay. Uh, this Mike did, but over time he developed his own style, particularly through the Cursed Earth saga, and his style carried on evolving after that too. It did leave an impression. Becoming more and more abstract with less and less detail. And they go on. I think it was one of the strengths of 2080 that it allowed artists a lot of freedom of style and freedom to develop. I will give them that because I do like the variety in style. The variety is pretty intense. It keeps me coming back. It's one of the reasons that keep, 
It's one of the things that keeps me coming back. <laughs> the thing is the dinosaurs. Oh, uh, there's that. And cavemen. And cave- um, they said it uh, allows artists a lot of freedom and style to de- and freedom to develop, with each artist effectively creating their own version of dread. There is no house style for artists to follow, as I think happens in the U.S. Yeah, because they, they, you see, uh, especially with animation, mm-hmm. they have like, this is on model, be yeah. on model. If you're yeah. off model, get the fuck out of my studio. It's, it's literally about recreating. That's yeah. what it is. It's not So you look at stuff. like, yeah, you look at like, this is our Bible. They have the, bi- the animation Bibles. Yep. And like, this is the model, you know, the, the, I saw the ones for Disney, like Ariel is eight heads high. Wow. Yeah. And then I saw the ones for like Pocahontas. She's like, this is her bust. This is her waist. Stay on model. That's incredible. We're fucking Disney. Uh, and, and I know that for uh, when it comes to theater, especially big, think of like Wicked stuff, oh. uh, big production, mainstay musical stuff, um, there is like a fucking template that you have to follow. Of like, uh. there is not, you like, I've talked to a person who was on Broadway who was in Wicked, uh, lead male on, on Broadway in Wicked. Nice. And it's, he was talking about how like, you are not here, you are not being paid to make art. You are being paid, paid to, to recreate. recreate art. Yeah. Holy, and, that's the same way with the, at the animators. And the he villain. was like, I really want to, I look forward to being able to create something of my own when I'm out of this. Right. Which was one of the reasons I got out of acting. Uh, so, uh, continuing on with uh, my, uh, fucking Mike Evers' uh, that's email what we, here. That's what we got to do, playwriting. Oh, God. The I've, Judge Dredd musical? I have written, I have drafted different shows in my head I don't think I've ever told you about before but anyway of Judge Dredd? not Judge Dredd oh. it's too niche it's so niche this is dude it was a Hollywood blockbuster twice I don't know about that um, <laughs> so there, uh, they said however in the 2080 uh, 2080s that you approach you just have to accept that there are going to be some styles that sit better with you than others I accept that fully I accept it as well they say thanks again for all your hard work Best wishes, Michael. Michael, you fucking rock. You're the coolest we dude. Love you. I sent an email back to Michael saying, "Hey, I hope I didn't ruffle any feathers by saying that." And, and they sent back even more, and they said, "You know, I didn't mean. I know I didn't ruffle you guys' feathers." And we had like a really nice conversation back and forth. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they know that we don't. We're not shitting on Mike McMahon. Uh, He's just our least our, favorite. It's like our least favorite potato chip. It's still a potato chip, I'm right? Still gonna fucking eat it. Yeah. Um. Unless it's the green one you find in the bottom of the bag. Nah, know? either, dude. I'm not going to eat that potato chip. But he's like other potato chip. I but paid for the bag of chips. I'm eating the bag of chips. I paid for the <laughs> pizza-flavored dip. <laughs> oh. I'm eating the pizza-flavored dip. I, th- I don't think you ate all of it, though. No, I didn't. Um, but no, Michael actually, uh, <laughs> Michael actually made a uh, thing where he talked about how he didn't like Ron Smith's early work. Oh, shit. And so he actually skipped Prague's. Of Ron Smith because he was like I didn't I didn't care for it and now going back he's like what was I fucking Think- thinking about is Ron Smith it's great um, so yeah I completely understand everyone has like their own you know, personal yeah thing. we all have different we all have different tastes and if I had to explain the thing that I dislike most about McMahon it's that his background work is it's typically bland. Like, bl- it's typically blank like it, he's a that's lot my of biggest complaint blank backgrounds is what I don't really care for and again. It doesn't bother me that much to not skip to not like him. I'm not gonna skip a fucking prog. And I'm not obviously. gonna shit on him. Yeah, he's a better artist than I'll ever be. be. Yeah, I can't doodle as well as he can draw. So I'm excited to see how art style changes. I'm excited to see all the different artists and different like evolution of style that happens over time. I really want to see that stuff. Do you think at some point they do make a uh, a Bible uh, like this is what Judge Dredd looks like? This is his chin. I don't think so. Ever? I mean, if you. Looking back just to the newest progs that you and I got when we had our subscription for 2018. He does change 
the art style drastically, drastically changes, changes between ep- episode to episode. Yeah. I was like blown away by that shit. So yeah, I know it's going to change and I'm excited for it. I love, I do love it. I like change. Variety is the spice of Indian uh, Eastern promise. You know, you mean Vindaloo Kui? Vindaloo, Vindaloo Kui. Um, so yes, Michael Evers, thank you so fucking much for emailing us. That and was awesome. Just for listening to us. The bothering to get, I mean, it takes time to fucking type this shit out. I wouldn't waste time emailing people like us, but you do it, and I fucking appreciate the fuck out of it. I can't believe um, people waste their time with us. I really can't believe we have any listeners. What's we're over eighty listeners on YouTube? Oh my god, uh, it's crazy. We gotta uh, do something special if we break a hundred. According to our analytics, I am going to go to Etsy. And I'm going to order us some badges. <laughs> according to analytics, uh, the majority of our listeners are American, which is interesting. Um, that makes like sense. Ninety-ish. Somewhere percent, like 99, 80%, or like 98% are like male. Um, ah, yeah. Comic uh, books. Yeah, comic books. Uh, also, <laughs> there's... Um, Women can't understand them. They're too uh, deep in thought. fucking A, dude. Let's can't not, drain the thinking. Let's not do this. Uh, that being said, also, I was... A male's brain is two to three times the size of a woman's I, brain. I, you're gonna, you're gonna, are you going to go into the it's fucking science. Leonardo DiCaprio fucking... Uh, what's it called? The fucking bumps on the skull shit? Oh, my God. That's what it's called. Um, no, I'm not going to get racist. Just sexist. Just super. Just not, not nearly as bad. Um, so, <laughs> listeners... We just want to say, we don't make any money from this. We're super fucking thankful for any, anything of you guys that fucking offer us. You. Feel free, if any of you want to email us about stuff we got wrong, or just correct us on stuff, or say hi, feel free to email us at dreadfulemailaddress.com. That is D-R-E-D-D-F-U-L, email address with two Ds at gmail.com. We would be happy, with your permission, to read your email live on the podcast. And respond to you. It's and- one of my favorite segments. It it literally brings tears to our eyes cuz we can't believe anyone listens to this. I did tear up I did tear up at Sloan. It I is, did. I don't I don't know if we continue doing this if the, if you guys weren't like pushing us cuz yeah. there is a genuine there feel. Like, do you guys want to keep doing this? It's but there's like we're not going to let you guys down now so we, we got to keep do this. Um and anyone, they demand it. They demand Andy and PK. Uh, I don't know. They maybe they just want Judge Dredd perhaps uh, and some funny. noobs to read it and be like what the <laughs> fuck these guys don't know anything. Um uh, Hold on to that thought. It's like you know, watching uh, 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 you know, what's his name, the late night comedy host. Which one? There's so many. PK. The good one who wrote on The Simpsons, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien when he played video games. Oh Jesus! That's yeah. good to watch him play my favorite video games, even though he was terrible. I'm awful at all of them. Um, I just want to see him play Witcher Three anyway. Uh, I also want to offer for those who are listening to this on YouTube, you can now listen to the Dreadful Cyberpunk Cast on most podcasting apps. Check us out on any preferred listening platform. We're on everything. We're on everything. Caster. Yeah. Uh, Itchbox. Castbox, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, all of it. Everything. We're on all of it. Um, And if you find this episode entertaining and you uh, enjoy it, please feel free to leave a comment, subscribe, or, you know, start kidnapping, like, robots that are traveling on the street and... and Removing the memory cores. And reprogramming them to talk, to advertise for us. Yeah, you know? and uh, um, sell them at a high price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get you a gotta little market. You gotta get some, some credit, you know. Um, also... Get a little credit. PK. The new segment... I made a promise at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. So, uh, listeners... So, PK, you and I talk 
all the time about how Judge Dredd, the comic, is wild and crazy and unbelievable. Yes. And even now, having read almost 200 progs of this stuff, oh my God. we, you and I, still get surprised by shit. Right? By today we did. Like, literally every time. <laughs> um, every so, time Judge Dredd, I can't believe this isn't Judge Dredd. So, what I thought of, I thought, how fun would it be to play a little game with you, myself, and our beloved audience members. So I would like to pitch this idea to you and to everyone listening, a new segment of the podcast called I Swear I'm Not Futsy. Okay? <laughs> now, the idea behind this is pretty simple, but it requires some help from you, the listeners. Have you ever read those funny posts on Reddit or anywhere online where someone badly explains a movie plot? For an example, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back could be described, the, the plot of the movie could be described as talking alien puppet convinces son to kill his father. Yeah. Um, or Harry Potter, noseless guy has unhealthy obsession with, with teen, teen boy. Teenage child. You know, yes. right? Like, that's a badly explained, but it, that is technically yeah. the plot, right? So, here is how this game Middle-aged noseless man has unhealthy obsession with child. Yeah. So, here is how this game would work if we can get enough people to contribute. At the end of an episode, if we don't have a lot of mail to get through, we could play this game, I swear I'm not Futsy, where I will read three different plot synopses of different Judge Dread progs that readers have sent in, mixed with a couple of fake ones I have and provided. And we pick the real... Oh. And you have to pick, PK. It will be your job to determine which, if any, of these brief plot descriptions are true and actually happen sometime in the future of Judge Dread or have been made up by me. And they have to be ones we haven't read. Or yeah. I might have forgotten some older ones. No, no, gotta be new ones. Gotta, gotta be, be new ones. ones. And there's a lot to choose from, right? 40 years. So, so it'll be two lies and a truth a la Dread style, right? Okay. So listeners, for an example of what you could send in, if I want to provide an example of something you could send in, right? We could look back at our recent progs, Monkey Business at the Charles Darwin Block. <laughs> Your submission may read something like, Dread's battle with a megacity block full of cavemen concludes with him arresting an amoeba. <laughs> like, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds... That is the synopsis of the, that prog. That is completely true. Those so three progs. I'm that sorry. Is, yeah, that's a mini arc, right? So... So, listeners, since both PK and I know that we are the noobs here in this room, please, please, please send in some hilarious, truthful-only plot synopses for us to play this game with. Yep. Only truthful ones. You can feel free to submit as many hard-to-believe ones as you wish, and I will be happy to credit you and read them on the podcast, and I will make up some weird ones to go in there and throw PK off. Some, like, some obviously, some not obviously. I mean, there's nothing obvious. <laughs> That's the thing. Some fake there ones. There's so much weird out there shit that if I said PK, one of one of the future progs, Judge Dredd arrests Mars. I he's fought a planet before. <laughs> you, right? I like, would yeah. He could arrest everyone on Mars the or is, the planet of Mars. I would believe it. Yeah. The right? spirit of Mars. <laughs> the ghost of Mars. I would believe it. Uh, right? Like who knows? Uh, we don't need the exact uh, for the listeners. We don't need the exact prog number and title of the prog, but if you provide it, I would not get a complain. It'd yeah. be nice to have. So fucking feel free to submit as many weird plot true. synopses, so, true uh, ones, as possible. And again, the the shorter and briefer and just more confusing they are, the better. Right. So, uh, yeah, that is our new segment I hope to start soon. Again, Submit as much as you fucking want. You guys have watched and read so much more Dread than we have. 
Blow our minds. Blow our minds. Go for Rich it. Rich trust friend orphan beats up the mentally unwell. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That's Batman, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That is what you guys are tasked with. I, I would love to play this game sometime soon. So, that's on you readers, listeners. Uh, PK, you ready for the Sizzler? Yep. Okay. What's coming next week, my dude? <sighs> next time on the dreadful cyberpunk cast. What evil creature prowls the alleys and sewers of Mega City One? Is it another? Is it another clegg? What person alive could have a grudge against Judge Larder, and Judge Hershey, and Judge Dread? Introducing the last and final Angel Gang member, Fink Angel. He shows up this fast. Find out what happens on the next dreadful cyberpunk cast. My name is Andy. And I'm PK. And this has been a dreadful recording coming to you from the distant present. Fink Angel's already here? The Fink is here. Shit, I thought we had like years. No.